A lot of people balked at the idea of putting an angle grinder in that location. Hello and welcome to episode number 126 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Monday, January 11th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where things seem kind of calm, which is very worrisome. And from America's left coast, where your social worth is determined by your Twitter followers and Jack Dorsey has just triggered a recession. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, he's triggered something. But we're, we're going to trigger something. Oh, he's too. triggered. Yeah, we're going to trigger something, too, because we have a very special guest with us today. The most guested person ever on Grumpy Old Ben's for a reason. Larry Blydner of that Larry show. How are things in County, California? <laughs> oh, they're <laughs> they're as bizarre as they've ever been. So uh, which is the norm. But it's great to be here. Thank you, Darren and Ryan. It's really nice to be with you guys. Thank you. Well, we, is, yeah. is it true that Larry's the most guested person because he's the only one who can stand to talk to us over and over again? Probably. And he started okay. early. He came in on the ground floor. <laughs> he did. Uh, was, was it show one? Uh, was it show one or two? It was. I think Larry was here for show two, our first guest show. It was, but show number two ran before number one because it was live on the No Agenda. That's team. right. So there were people that heard the very first grumpy old Ben's they ever heard had Larry. And then this is like 125 episodes later. And they're like, Where's the good guy? He's only here every like 40 shows or so. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here jumping up and down, waving. Oh, yeah. Bait and switch. Bait and switch. No, <laughs> maybe. But you're welcome. Anytime. Of course, Larry. And today I'm like, OK, here's a topic. We know that there's certain topics you just can't avoid. And the things that have been happening over the Try. last few days Ooh. that, uh, you know, this this we figured would be in in your wheelhouse because it's a combination <laughs> we try to do the tech thing but this is this is tech that is going to affect everybody and especially people like you that do shows and the, us that do mm. shows because okay. social media is purging people left and right not only that social media sites are being purged by people even higher up the food chain and the insanity that we probably predicted on one of the previous shows when you were on a year or plus ago seems to be happening. And I don't know what you do now that this first domino has gone down. And, uh, you know, I don't even know where to start with this, except, yeah. uh, you know, I guess with the obvious, which is, you know, the president Cancel of your the, Twitter account, right? The president of the United States, his Twitter account has been removed. And I also think it's important to note that, uh, Last I checked this morning before we, we started the show here, Twitter stock was down 10%. So this may be a positive sign. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's closer to 15 by now. Yeah. Okay. So it's still going down. This wasn't just a, a, a minor thing that was going on right when it started and immediately coming back up. Maybe people that are investing are getting a little bit worried and probably rightfully so when it comes to Twitter. And Larry, I mean, Ryan's response to this is always we'll just get off of twitter 
And right. while that's a very simplistic way to do things and look at it for various reasons, people, including myself, yourself, and a whole lot of other people are still on Twitter, although that number is dwindling, not just by people being kicked off, but people like Rush Limbaugh finally went, eh, you know what, I don't need to be here. And I think Mark Levin the same way. And so a lot of the big conservative voices are walking away. But this is so multifaceted because they were going to walk over to places like Gab and Parler, and now Parler is gone, maybe at mm-hmm. least temporarily. So what is your whole take on what's going on, Larry? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I think. It's a, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a commie takedown by a lot of people who probably don't even realize they're commies. But that's what it is. Um, you know, and it's a funny thing. People say, oh, that's a conspiracy, but conspiracies, uh, need not be, uh, a bunch of guys, uh, meeting together in secret. You know, they happen all the time in plain sight. Um, yeah. and they, they don't you, think of themselves in that way. I'm sure they think of you, you have a bunch of guys who all have exactly the same goals and incentives in mind. Yeah. They can exactly. act in a conspiracy without ever meeting in a smoky room. Correct. And that's what's happening, you know, and uh, it, Darren, you said earlier, you know, a domino has fallen. I think uh, it's more like most of the dominoes have fallen. And now just how many remain standing is a lot easier to make that count um, than the uh, the ones that have fallen. You know, they're they're pretty much prone. They're horizontal. Yeah, it happened very quickly. And uh, it's it's really terrifying. It really is. Well, it did. And uh, it's, it's not just I mean, you understood this was going to happen on Twitter. But I'm yes. not sure anybody saw Amazon pulling the rug out from under parlor. Did you, Ryan? I mean, this is something that uh, I did. The moment that I found out they were on AWS, I kind of knew that was going to be an option. It's uh, it's it, I, I, I what you know what this is, is this is not. I mean, if you if you want to look from a purely tech perspective, what we're seeing here is uh the collapse of the cloud computing thing uh, experiment and we're going to see a lot more people who care about independence and and not being censored you know amazon has has just killed aws in terms of of being an open platform for everyone people people are not good you people who want to go spin up a server now for some online service are going to think twice about going to amazon and that's I mean, that's going to be a concern for them. Well, that right. is. Yeah. I got to back you up a second, Ryan, for the, the borderline Luddite that I am. What's AWS? Amazon Web Services. It's uh, okay. Amazon way right. back in so the day. Their, they put up. Network. Yeah, they All put right. up the the online uh, shopping site and they right. put up a hell of a lot of computers to run it. And yes. then they went, well, we can just rent computers to people. And it's a little more okay. complicated than that. But gotcha. Well, right. All but right. that is what Parler was using for their back end. So for Parler's whole business was running on Amazon machines. And thus Mm -hmm. when Amazon said, Oh, you're dangerous. We're turning you Mm -hmm. off without giving them enough time to migrate elsewhere. I mean, there's, there's really two different ways to look at this. I mean, if Amazon wants to be a totally well company, I mean, that's really up to them and they're, they're more than welcome to do that. But when you're intentionally trying to kill somebody's business, then mm-hmm. that's different because you're not just saying we don't want you here anymore. They're saying we don't want you here anymore and we're going to pull the plug so quickly. You know, if they would have said, Parler, we want yeah. you off in 30 days, I would have been right. like, well, OK, Parler's got enough time 
mm-hmm. you would guess to transfer it over unless they're really invested in something unique that Amazon was doing, but I doubt it, but that would have but been it, a little bit different. It's not just, we don't want you on here. It's, we don't want you to exist. And exactly. And that yes. is a power that these big Silicon Valley companies need to not be wielding because mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be an epic backlash. Uh, for example, um, I've got, I'm, I'm going to give you three real quick stories. Uh, yeah. at Turkey has launched an investigation into the terms of service change on WhatsApp. Um, they have officially suspended quote. I'm not sure how they can do that. The requirement that WhatsApp share its data with Facebook until the probe is complete. Um, don't know how that, how long that takes, but it's a government. So you can guess. Uh, and they have said, uh, we're not sure that we're comfortable that, you know, lots of Turkish users are using WhatsApp and we're not comfortable with the requirement that all of that data be shared with Facebook. Um, the, let's see, Clement Bone and Bruno Le Maire, uh, both French finance minister and French minister for EU affairs, um, said, uh, of the Twitter banning Trump said this should be decided by citizens, not a CEO. Uh, Bruno Le Maire described it as a digital oligarchy and one of the threats to democracy. Uh, Angela Merkel of Germany says, quote, lawmakers should set rules for governing, governing free speech, not private technology companies. Uh, just an aside, Angela, actually, governments should not be doing that either. But That's you're right correct. that private technology companies shouldn't be <laughs> yeah. doing it. Yeah. So uh, what this means is uh, this move by Twitter, by Facebook, by, you know, d- just the sudden acceleration in uh, uh, woke partisan censorship by American companies has caused a lot of people outside of America to rethink whether or not American tech companies are where they want their information services provide. And again, uh, in, in the theme of get woke, go broke. Um, these companies are really shooting themselves in the leg here by making their platforms a lot less welcoming. Right. Because they think that everybody is on their side. I think they, uh, this is really what it is. The, the woke movement, I believe that a lot of these people do really believe they're doing the right thing, which makes it even scarier when you really think about it, because they really are invested and believe that silencing the other side is the proper thing to do, because obviously, as we've talked about in previous episodes, nobody's ever learned history. No. And that is a bigger problem. But with the with parlor having their servers pulled out from under them by Amazon. The interesting aspect of this was a representative out of California, Devin Nunez, who is one of the rare Republicans, I guess, out there in California, wants to look into this now and launch a Department of Justice investigation into what they're doing to Parler. And uh, there's talk of racketeering and Rico and stuff. And his quote is, uh, The effect of this is that there is no longer a free and open social media company or site for any American to get on any longer because these big companies, Apple, Amazon, Google, they have just destroyed a what was likely parlor, likely a billion dollar company. Poof, it's gone. But it's more than just the financial aspect. Republicans now have no way to communicate. And if it doesn't even matter if you're a Republican or a conservative, if you, if you don't want to be regulated by left wingers, 
that are at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, where do you where you get shadow banned? Nobody gets to see you. Nobody gets to see you. They get to decide what's violent, what's not violent. It's preposterous. And uh, I can't say he's wrong. He's saying it's clearly a violation of antitrust, civil rights, RICO statute. So this is there could be some repercussions for Amazon, for Twitter, for Facebook. And this may be why you're going to start seeing some stocks tanking if people are uh, worried about this happening. But I don't know if the Department of Justice is going to do this. No way. But I guess the one thing is Trump is still president and he could he can assign somebody to investigate this. This could be his last working on that. Yeah. You know, but the moment he's not president, they're going to unassign that person. Yeah, but that's Um, very hard to do, though. Once you assign an investigator, it's very hard from what I understand to pull the reins back on that. So this could be his final volley while going out the door. Well, I I, I think that this this situation, you know, thank you, Devin Nunes, for your saber rattling. Uh, But, you know, this is nothing's going to come of this. It goes back. It goes back decades and decades. It goes back well into the previous century where the, the, the landscape was, uh, was, uh, was, uh, cultivated and, uh, and, uh, uh, shorn, uh, to make all this possible. And it happened, it happened in the broadcast world. Okay. Back uh, in the, in the fifties, they had a, they had a law called the 777 rule, um, which said that no, no individual corporate entity could own or operate more than seven AM, seven FM, and seven uh, television stations. Right. Five, the maximum of five of which could be VHF. The UHF, who cares? It might be from Venus. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. And then uh, somewhere, you know, then then lobbyists, lobbyists, those those sacks of shit. They got involved, and that was stretched to what is it, twelve, twelve, and twelve. And then that's kind of become a gray area now. Uh, and there's no more. Uh, FCC um, oversight into well, whether a station serves the public need or not. It's just, I mean, it's just, a, it's a fucking corporate corporatocracy, technocracy, and it's so embedded, it's so entrenched, it's been going on for so long that uh, it's, you know, this is what Eisenhower said for Christ's sake. You know, beware the military-industrial complex. Well, this, what he really meant was the government-industrial complex, and a, they are de facto now one entity. They just are. Well, the, the, the complex, the, the participants in it have changed, but, uh, I mean, we're looking at, uh, academia and, uh, you yeah. know, legal profession and the media and the state all kind of merging into one monoparty right now. Yes, correct. That's what it is. Well, and the internet has changed it. The internet has yeah. changed from what used to be where you actually had differing you know, people fighting to bring you things. Now you have one pipe and it was supposed to be the pipe that was open to everybody. But as we're finding out, that's not really the case. The internet has made it even easier. It would appear for people to, to gain a monopoly on whatever it is. We've talked about this a Mm -hmm. bunch of times. I mean, I understand there are competitors to Amazon, but they're mainly the big brick and mortar stores that were existing before, you know, Walmart was able to get a foothold. But where's the other huge stores that are that didn't exist before Amazon? Where where's the competition? There isn't much. We talked about it with eBay, which was eBay was not ever really a great site when it came to functionality. They were just the first. And that's where everybody Mm -hmm. went. The same kind of a concept we talked about with Twitter, which was, well, 
how could there be a comp? You know, there's no way a competitor is going to get a foothold because everybody just goes here because this is where all of their friends are. Now, that may actually change now that Twitter is so obviously being anti one side of the political line. Only hope. I Yes, that would be a good thing. And we're seeing this over on No Agenda Social, which is the Mastodon instance that's run by the No Agenda Show, noagendashow.net. And the amount of traffic there has finally made it a place where you can go and feel like a normal social media, not like a ghost town. And that's the, that's the, you know. That's the worst it's thing finally about become, the, the social media. It's finally become a place that I can go and I have to skip large chunks of the timeline lest I sit there scrolling all day. Yes. And that, you know, that was uh, I think it was Sir Omaha was saying that earlier. You know, it's hard to even get follow the stuff on No Agenda Social now. But that is because when a social media site becomes popular, the traffic is there. The The problem with social media sites is that, you know, if say if you have a question, if you're looking for an answer to something. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be tech help. It could be, Hey, does it, well, you know, who should I uh, get? Who should I sign? I'm getting a new cell phone. What do you guys recommend? There's nothing worse than a social media site that you go to and you ask a question like that and get crickets and nobody ever answers because there's nobody partaking in it. Yeah. You know, on the other Larry, side of that, a- too much traffic could also be bad. Yeah. Well, Larry, do you have a metaverse account yet? Uh, Mastodon, Pleroma, He's on No Agenda Social, I believe. Are you? I, I know I got a, an invitation um, to that um, a while back, um, but I, I really can't say well, I frequent if, it. If, if, if you've still got it, then keep it in your back pocket for when Twitter finally collapses in on itself. You're going to need somewhere. And that's the interesting yeah. thing with the Fediverse is that if you have a community. Now, No Agenda has a large enough community to make this work. I know. Your buddy uh, Dick Masterson over from the Dick show has his own instance in it because he has a huge audience and it works because you have enough people that even if you want to ignore everything outside in the the rest of the instances, you could just get by with only the people that signed up at that particular one. No agenda is like that as well. But even with smaller shows, I mean, it wouldn't really cost us much for you with that Larry show. To get an instance, let people sign up and everybody that's on your instance can still talk to everybody that's on the dick shows and no agenda social. And you can follow people Mm -hmm. back and forth. And there's no way for people to get deplatformed because there's there's no one place to pull the plug. The the federated timeline is. Oh, let me ask you something about that, because I I remember, you know, in conversations, you guys, you guys had uh, Carl from uh, who are these podcasts on? And when I spoke with him as well, he seemed to think that there was. You know, and again, you you guys are the, the Bens, not I. But he seemed to think that there were some pretty serious cracks and vulnerabilities in, uh, you know, in Adam's operation. And, of course, Mastodon and all these things that they they're they're not as uh, as uh, impregnable as um, as as we might want them to be. What's what's the deal on that? Well, I think they uh, are as as good as you can get at this point. I mean. The No Agenda show has their own servers, and I'm not even sure uh, who is hosting those, and I don't really want to know. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I could tell you offline, but I don't know if I want to out them on a podcast. Right. Don't, don't. You know, it's, because not, it's not really. 
that's not would, really a, a secret, but no, but that would be the question. If somebody was so, you know, what, what is going on like with parlor right now, mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to target the no agenda show and right. go to the company that hosts everything and try to get them booted, it's a question of how woke that company is. And I'm, I'm doubting this particular company is because I'm guessing mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons why it was chosen, but things change in the landscape. And if that were to happen, that would be a huge blow to the show. There's no question, because that is the heart and soul of it. To be fair, though, on the other end, No Agenda does not rely on any social media platform to get their message out. Uh, They do a newsletter on MailChimp, which is which is very questionable. We're kind of surprised that's still there. Mm -hmm. But there are alternatives. And they're smart enough when it comes to a mailing list, as long as you have a backup of everybody that has signed up, mm-hmm. you can very easily take this to another mailing list company. Of course, what happens when all the mailing list companies have gone woke, then you, you really have nowhere one. to go. You make a new one. That's how the Internet is supposed to work. A lot of people have forgotten that. And sometimes there's a lot of infrastructure involved. But right. But can uh, you? Because it, Parler tried to make a new one and they got shut down. Yeah, they they made a really critical error, which was that they decided to replace the control of their entire system in one basket. And and that one basket, who is run by a known SJW uh, in in Bezos. I want to go back to uh, the the philosophical point for just a question, because there's something that I'd really like to get your position on. I'm I'm not really sure where I land on this. Before you do that, that is, let me just answer a quick question from Billy Bones in the troll room at noagendastream.com. One of the beauties of doing the show live. What do you call the bat signal then? Not integral to the show being successful. They have about 2,500 people show up to listen live and over 250,000 listen non-live so that is such a small part of it i would i would venture that by far the most important signal for hey the show is about to start is people's clocks right they know the time they know the day (laughs) they know what time the show is going to be and they just show up at that time analog they're yeah they're well there's just something extremely powerful to always being always recording live at exactly the same time every single show critical it's you're right yeah um okay so the argument that is given as a a defense of the social media company going out and being woke and canceling all of their political enemies is well it's a private company and Mm -hmm. they can do whatever they want because it's a private company and i just want to get your take on that argument well I i have strong opinions i'm just not sure which direction they go yet well um i look at it both ways which is that's absolutely right. If I was running a social media company and, uh, you know, I can see where you might want to silence some people. I mean, the philosophical debate is one thing, but the right to be able to boot somebody off your network, you know, look at it more as an individual thing, which is, well, do you have to look at President Trump? I mean, he is the leader of the free world, so it's a maybe really bad example. But do you really look at somebody and go, you know, I'm booting this guy off. And when you look at Twitter right now, I'm booting somebody off. Have they booted all conservatives and Republicans off? No, they have not. And maybe they want to. I don't know. That would be a question for them. 
But there's a lot of people who have pushed the reality of this election situation, including Bill O'Reilly, who has well over a million followers. So he's still there. I mean, the case can be made that Trump was booted because he was an asshole. And some of the stuff he posted caused problems and he violated their terms of That's service. A pretty weak case. I agree. I agree. But I would say that if you're running a company like that, it's your servers. You should probably have a right to do whatever you want. With that said, I also believe that everybody should then be able to leave and go somewhere else that has a terms of service they prefer. And the biggest problem to me isn't what Twitter is doing, because this could have just been the beautiful burning end of Twitter and everybody could have gone to Parler, which is basically a Twitter clone and been happy. You could have had that choice then. Do you want the free speech version or do you want the one where they're going to silence everybody? You could choose when you start shutting down the one that's offering the free speech uh, then. To, that's to a, be clear, Parler wasn't offering free speech either. They were like, please show us your registered Republican card before you can come. But it, that's a, beside the point. I, you know, people said that when the parlor thing started to uh, erupt, I went over there and, you know, part of their, you know, their, their selling platform was, um, you know, we're, we're so anonymous and we protect your privacy and so forth. Well, guess what? You can't get on parlor unless you give them a cell phone number. And I said, right next. Right. So right. I went to Gab. Well, I'm not crazy. You can't get that, on parlor at all. But it's a hell of a lot bigger than, than parlor. I don't understand why parlor. Well, I guess because Bongino and some people got behind it, but Gab's been around for four years. And I think. I saw that they now have something like 75 million users, which is a hell of a hell of a spike. Uh, you know, and and Gab runs on their own hardware million. and they run on their own hardware. So I don't know why the whole parlor. What's what's so you fuck parlor. Go to Gab. Personalities drive it. There's no question yeah, about it. I think it. I think one of the reasons why Amazon yanked the plug on parlor was Donald Trump made a cryptic statement that said he was working either on his own platform or with an existing platform and i bet you they were just assuming it was parlor and figured they could they could preemptively yank donald trump up but Par um uh, gab did put out a statement which i thought was interesting and they used the opportunity as a selling point too which i thought was genius on their part but uh the gab statement is if your business is built on the backs of silicon valley tyrants mm -hmm. apple google etc they can right. and will attempt to destroy you if and when you become a threat to their interest. They did this Correct. to Gab, then Fortnite, now Parler. Correct. Terrible content of all kinds is available on Twitter and Facebook. Everyone on the planet knows this fact, yet both companies are still on both app stores. Apple banning yep. Parler is not the neutral implementation of some objective standard, but rather a cynical, politically motivated gesture and evidence that Silicon Valley elites disdain for ordinary americans the solution as always is not government it is to build your own people will mock this meme but gab lives it where others whine we build and then they go into meet the new gab phone yes it's real learn how to pre-order soon mm -hmm. so uh, <laughs> it's genius oh, yeah, that's nice they're making their own phone yes yeah that's a great idea man great that idea. works because yeah. this is what we're learning, which is mm -hmm. you can say the Internet's free, Larry, but a vast majority of people, even if it's not your only way to access the Internet, a vast majority of the people, especially those in the United States, in the UK and you know countries like that, access the Internet 
via their phone. And right now, almost everybody, like 90, high 90s percent, everybody, your phone is either controlled by Google or Apple. And there is where the yes. problem lies. Correct. Parlor did make another misstep that uh, obviously anybody who listens to grumpy old Ben's would have seen this one coming, but uh, I I don't know if they have a web interface at all, but they were pushing the way that you access parlor is you download and run the app, which is, you know, in addition to putting all of their servers in Amazon, now you're also relying on your existence for uh, it, it, making sure that these monopolistic app stores right. can get i i mean did, I, I haven't done any research on this but is is parlor in f droid is there any way to get the app is there a way to access parlor if apple decides or google decides hey you're not going to be in the official app store if if not then again that's uh you know the the way that they act when they set this up was uh the idea of well we've spent our entire lives on these big neutral platforms and the platforms aren't neutral anymore so we're just going to do what any you know first year out of college cs grad would do and throw some javascript and pre-made <laughs> libraries together and use <laughs> online services and and get everything set up and and bam that's what they've got is is they're pulling off the shelf services when people who have been in the trenches who've who've been on the opposite side of censorship for a while who've just been paying attention for a while people like uh you know anyone who listen, pays attention to no agenda grumpy old ben's that larry show um th- those people are going to look at this and go well you can't just take off the shelf services because right. you're you're trading in one overlord for another and it feels like parlor is making all these missteps very very publicly and then you look over at something like Gab or something like No Agenda, and these are the ones that are saying, "Yeah, we we understand that the attacks can come from all over the place, so we're diversifying." Right, which is one of the things with Adam Curry's podcast index dot org with the whole podcasting two point Although it, it's a lot of it is attached to apps, and I wonder just how quickly. And I mean, I don't want to really out any of these companies and be like, hey, what would they do? But we know there's a lot of podcast apps that are out there and a lot of them are jumping on board with mm-hmm. the podcast 2.0. I wonder if the people that are making these apps, when Apple or Google comes to them and says, well, we're dropping your app unless you you get rid of that podcast index 2.0 stuff. How many are going to stand up and say? Oh, no, I'm going to keep it in there. I doubt any of them because the only way to get their apps on the phones is through the app stores. You, you've made an app. You've made a podcasting app. Yeah. Let's see. It's, it. it's a, it, 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 you've seen it. It is a command line program. That's that not going to work will, on people's phones. I did. It, it works on my phone. <laughs> you didn't say it was a popular app or a public one. You just said it did anyone write an app. app. And yes, or one that's easy for people. And, to yes. Use. As a matter of fact, my, my method of using podcast index, because it's completely free and they pledge to be free. Uh, and then backup of going directly to the RSS feed. Uh, that shit will work no matter what Google and Apple's app stores do. Well, the things that are HTML5 are genius, and I really would think that would be great if the, uh, I mean, I know other people are doing it, third parties are doing it, but, and it's kind of there in the podcast index site, because if you 
go to their site and do a search for a show. You will find the show and you'll be able to stream directly from there. So there are still ways to get the podcast, which is good. But I do believe that these people that are making the apps and this is how they're making their money. If the apps can no longer be you know, found on those play stores, I think they bail. And that would be bad. But I don't I don't know if there's any way to get around that. I think the Android ecosystem is in a much better place because you can go to alternate app stores. The one that I've always pushed on this show is F droid, but there's about three or four other places that have Mm. their own app stores that are completely independent of Google. One of the things that I did on my phone was I removed all of the Google play crap, which means I don't have access to the app store and it's not really hurting me in most cases. Cause uh, if, if I need if I need a maps app, if I need a flashlight app, if I need a, a podcasting app, like, you know, the most recent one I installed, thank you, cold acid for recommending this on rare encounter was, uh, I installed antenna pod from F droid, which is a pretty kick-ass podcast app. And that's yeah, like how I've been listening to his show. Yeah. That, antenna pod is good. There's a lot of good apps out there. There's a lot of people doing good work and you, should, you have to check them all out, you know, and, you know, Something occurs to me is, is, you know, I listen to this, guys, and if you kind of zoom back from this entire discourse and take the satellite view, uh, it's really, it's really goddamn grotesque. It is. Because you've got you and me and tens of millions of other people are now speaking, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of. We're operating on a level as if we were lepers and pariahs trying to figure out how the fuck we can communicate uh, and band together. Uh, one of and, us. And, and evade, one of us. Yeah, exactly. And, and evade this sick fucking um, a wave of cretinous people who want to control us and destroy our lives. It's really, you know, in fact, I, you know, I got a show I, coming up this Wednesday. I, I, I'm gonna I do. prefer the term freedom fighter, just letting you know. Okay. <laughs> That works for me, but you know, I, it, it's just, it's just, it's absolutely bizarre and, and grotesque on every level. Life has become so insane. I, I got a haircut last week. I don't get them as often as I used to. And I went to this place. Um, I'm going to kind of wrap a show around this. I think this Wednesday, um, that I've been going to for a long time, 15, 16 years, something like that. And every time I go to this place for a haircut, it was like, it was a party, you know, the very cool people operated. The owner's a friend of mine and a lot of joking going on. And, you know, <clears throat> some pointy chicks uh, clipping hair was always good. Some good eye candy in there and so forth. And I, I, I drove over, I, I always text the guy and say, Hey, you know, can you give me a chop? And he says, yeah, come on over. And I drove over there and the back door had a, the front door was, it looked, oh shit. I said, what is he like uh, closed or whatever? I mean, there was, there was brown paper over the windows. Okay. And the front oh, yeah. door said closed. I, I went around Gavin the back. Newsom from looking in. Yeah. I went around the back. And his and army back of door, Karens. The back door said closed. Uh, and then I opened it up and then it, I said, what the fuck? It didn't, they pay the light bill. I mean, there was barely any lights on in there. There's only two people yeah. in chairs. This place was a money machine. There were like a, oh, well over a dozen chairs and at any time, always full. There's only two chairs. The owner, I looked at this guy, I'm not even going to say his name. And I, I just, I thought, holy shit, is he, is he ill or something? He looked, he looked so dejected and he would always jump up, you know, give me a hug, bullshit, whatever. He just sat in his chair like he was, had a, had a, just gotten a bad biopsy. Um, 
And I sat there and I said, this is fucking speakeasy life to get a goddamn haircut. So to get a haircut, to get a drink, to get an Internet, you know, gee, why do you think people are talking about civil war, Nancy Pelosi? Why the fuck do you think this is happening? I mean, it seems pretty easy to understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so it's it's, it's now trying to Every, every aspect of, of people's lives is now being in some way restricted, controlled by government or corporations. Gee whiz. Why? Why, why might there be violence? Hmm. Why would that be? Uh, because the people are <laughs> going to rise up and throw off the shackles of, of the evil capitalism. Wait, I'm, it, it's so hard to tell the radical right from the radical left these days. I mean, it's, that. That that's almost you know having oh, the, the public the rise up. The radical well, left is far better organized and okay. equipped. That's how it's True. okay. It's difficult. Uh, let me revise. It's difficult to tell the modern right who are people the the public working class who want to rise up against their government and corporate overlords from the Marxist of nineteen sixty five, right? Who were yeah. the working class who wanted to rise up against their corporate and government overlords. It just turns out that the corporate and government overlords are now run by the same, the Marcus, the people who, yeah, who set that up. Well, and you know, the cell phones that are overall run by Apple and Google are the ones that are willing to provide your data to your local authorities in case you dare go get a haircut, Larry, and then you're going to get a knock on your door. I mean, if you, if you took your, if you were dumb enough to take your phone with you when Mm -hmm. you actually went to get a haircut, you'll get a knock on your door like, oh, We and saw you doing here. Her. Yeah. To, to mm-hmm. be clear, I I don't think that the Marxists have much more of a future beyond this because the moment that the Republicans are out of the way and the Democrats are not united by uh, a, a common deplorable orange thing that they all have to fight in unison against. But yeah, um, the orange the, man's so the, bad and scary, and Kamala Harris, she just wants freedom. Don't you want freedom? The Marxist too? wing of the party are going to wake up one day to a cold, hard truth, and that is that they are not in power. The people who are in power are the power hungry arm of the Democrat Party, who are the the Pelosi's and the Newsoms and Cuomo and and Biden and Harris, who they do not give a flying fuck about wokeism or about trans rights or about the you know they they actually don't want socialism because of course they're the party of the big banks and the big banks don't want socialism um the the people who genuinely want to introduce socialism and want to fight for you know the the people who think that that black people should be put on a pedestal above all else um that arm of the party is going to wake up one day when the Republicans are all gone and realize they don't have any power. And it, I mean, they, they were, they were tools. They were pawns to get people like, like Biden and Harris who do not give a fuck about their cause into power. And once that happens, okay, great. Nice knowing you. Well, I think they all, I, I would disagree with you there, Ryan. I think that the you know, Pelosi's and Cuomo's and Newsom's and Harris's and Biden's, they are all socialists. Absolutely, they're socialists. And what they are is they are elite socialists and they know very well. Which means they are above it all. They are above it all. It's never the, 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 the yeah. cold hand of socialism, socialism will never impact their lives in the slightest. And they are totally aware of that. So fuck the rest of the but what you just described there isn't socialism 
I, I, but they I've actually, the I've people. had this conversation. I've, I've got, I've got the, my, my one liberal friend that I talk to a lot, uh, who is, is genuinely, he believes that socialism is the right way to go, uh, a, a communal thing where everybody is completely equal. And it's, it's hilarious listening to him talk about this because the utopia that he, uh, describes and sets up is unstable. It, it cannot, the only way it can exist is if you permanently suppress the human urge to compete with each other and to make your life better than it is and that makes it unstable because you might be able to do that in a family you might even be able to do it in a tribe of a hundred people you will never be able to do it on a national level there is always going to be people who are like well i know i've got what i've been told i deserve but i want more there will always be people wanting more that but so socialism is true. Socialism is inherently an unstable form of government, but every single time it's ever been tried, it has immediately devolved into the thing that, that you just described, the thing that the Pelosi's want. And that is feudalism. That is where you have your elite Lord class who are above everybody who suck taxes out of the public, who provide uh, token offerings of we'll build you some roads and we might defend you if there's an external threat which by the way is why the media is there they always have to have an external threat uh but otherwise they're just leeches living off the society the rest of us are all serfs and you can call it you know the proletariat or or you can dress it in whatever kind of communist language you want but that's what they want and that's what they're getting every time somebody tries socialism it immediately turns into feudalism where the politicians, the party members, you know, the, the sure. Kim Jong Un, the, uh, the Xi Jinping, those people are the, the lords and monarchs of the feudalism, which is a very stable form of government. That's what Nancy Pelosi wants to be so she can keep her refrigerator and freezer of full of, of all the best oh. ice cream that money can buy. Of course it is. You know, and, 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 and she'll and have her personal hairdresser that's never that's subject right. to lockdowns. Well, no, no, she doesn't. That, that was the problem. She went into a place. But and as we've seen in Russia and in China, uh, that that's it's uh, infinitely sustainable, that system, because you, you exert enough downward pressure and, and control over the serfs and you pretty much own them forever. Yeah. Right? And, and Nancy has her freezer full of ice cream. But I, yes. I will say. I've been trying to order you and your lovely family some cookies from a milk jar. I think it is at a place in L.A. that allegedly has some really good cookies. My wife has bought them in the past for uh, for people and they're closed because of covid. I mean, this is this is what's happening to these small businesses. It's like I I don't get it. It's like you go to their website and it's just like, you know, I checked again today. We're closed until at least Mm -hmm. January 18th or 19th. And it's like, oh, how that's. Absolutely. In fact, it's not at least until the latest edict from Governor Hairgel is indefinitely not. There's no there's no end date on this. OK, it's indefinite. Um, you know, the thing is, I, I think that when it, when it all shakes out, I mean, it always swings back around to money. And 44 percent of the GDP is small businesses. Those have been decimated, not just decimated. That's one in every 10. It's been cut by half. Half of all small businesses in America are dead, dead between Antifa and, and these COVID 
lockdowns. And okay? it's worse in the well, big cities can, too. Okay. Now you you guys, you know, find me a find me a business. I want you to find me any business other than maybe heroin or cocaine distribution. <laughs> find me a business that can remain in business with a twenty two percent cut in revenues. Amazon. I don't know of any. <laughs> well, no, Amazon uh, yeah. couldn't even stay Walmart in business. They couldn't handle that either. No, no. They, Target. They, they, oh, yeah. they'd implode. They'd yeah, implode. they can't. Okay. They're not running so, on those kind of margins. Yeah. So, you know, this bullshit stimulus thing and so forth, you know, it's, some, it's pretty soon the repercussions of this are going to be really felt. The, the tsunami is going to come and there will be an economic implosion. I don't give a shit what Wall Street's doing, because at some point nobody's going to nobody's going to have the, the jing to to click buy on Jeff Bezos site. And then what happens? Um, you and then, you know, then it's it, you then don't it's think that's what some of them the, want. <laughs> you Maybe. I mean, I, I've just been wondering who's been uh, milking the the Bitcoin. I mean, that was what forty two thousand. Now it's down to like thirty one, thirty two. So Bitcoin has dropped about twenty five percent, I think, today, yeah. which is mm-hmm. an interesting thing to watch. Mm-hmm. As you know, as as Twitter goes down, I don't know if, it, like I said, still is the troll room can maybe uh, help us out yeah. with that. But there's yeah, there's a lot of economic weirdness going on because the stock market has gone up up and up there was mm-hmm. i mean most of the people who usually know what's going on were like well you know if biden wins the stocks are going to start going down yeah and they didn't and then it was like well that's because the republicans still have control of the senate so as long as one of them wins in georgia everything's good and then both lost in georgia and the stocks are going it, up it lost in quotes the well, yes. I mean, this is again. They use the all, same all we're talking machines. about is the end result, not yeah. the the. They use the same machines and the same Secretary of State. I'm saying lost is is in quotes. It's got an asterisk beside it. Yes, at the very least, it should have the asterisk there. And you know, mm-hmm. we were told that all of this stuff would you know cause strife in the markets, but no. I mean, now the the control of all of the branches is in one party. That's allegedly, it's seemingly, if you're following along, very anti-business and business is going, woo, and the stocks continue to go up. So I yeah. don't, I don't get it. And uh, I don't, I don't know if well, anybody anti, gets it. They're anti-small business. They've got their heads way up big business's ass. It's it's small business they don't like. But they want to go after the tech business. I mean, that's one that's thing. Bullshit. That's what? bullshit. That's complete bullshit. I don't believe that for a second. The tech business put them in power. They're going to turn around and bite their hand that that elevated them. No, they way. may be that dumb. They may. No. I don't know, but no. they may be. No. I will see. I, um, I can't. I can't ever see that happening. I just. I just can't imagine that. You know. I think that's just more saber rattling bullshit. And they're look. We're. You know. We're of the people. We're. Yeah. You know. Meanwhile, it's. It's. Uh, you know. Round up the usual, usual suspects with uh, Claude Rains and Humphrey Bogart. It's. It's a crock. Right. By that. Well, yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, but it, it's just so odd to try to follow that. I mean, it really there is no rhyme or reason. I mean, of course, Joe Biden will take uh, full credit for the economy rebounding and i do believe that at this point though i mean the interesting thing is the far left policies that they want would have to have an impact on big business on tech and you would think by just because of that that the overall markets would have to take a hit and the thing is that is the worst possible thing for the Democrats at this point, because they realize, you know, even though the news media wants to tell you that this is a 
a kumbaya country that the the Republicans are the minority. We know that's not the truth. We know that at the very best case scenario for the Democrats, this is a country that is split 50-50. And depending just how much the cheating that was going on in the election, you know, it may be well over 50%. So now that the the cheating ruse has been outed, it's a, it's a question of how we're going to move on with elections going forward. I've heard from a lot of people in Canada who are like, we like use pencils and paper up here, man. And that is way less likely yeah. to have issues. But well, I'm curious. Let me back up a second there, Darren. I'm curious to, to, to know why you think that it is the nation is 50-50 split. And I, I'm going to also throw something in there about you know, the idea of Republicans. You know, I'm, I'm not a Republican. I'm, not, I'm an independent. I always have been. And I, but I, you know, I don't, I don't, as you know, I don't dig teams, political ones included. Um, but from what I see, it just seems like, you know, as, uh, what was it? Pat Buchanan some years ago wrote that we, we, we won the economic war with, with, uh, with Marxism. We lost, we lost the cultural war. And I believe that's true, you know, and, and all those people, you know, if somebody should do an analysis of the popular vote, even if how much of it was legit. Right. But still, I would, I would venture to guess that vast numbers of people who voted Republican or Trump in 2016 uh, did not vote Republican in 2020 because they're dead. Um, you know, it's, it's the, it's, it's, it's the boomer generation. I think, and, and the younger generation is largely, largely leftist. And I think they form the, you know, the, the bubble on the, uh, of, of, of the population. And I think that's always how it's been, except it is getting much more, um, they're, they're getting, the kids are getting it early on in a much more heavier doses, you know, and that's, I think the difference is that I think everybody, no matter what, Going back even to when, you know, we were growing up, it was most people start more liberal. And the, the joke is you're really liberal until you have your own money and then you're a little bit more conservative. And I think there is a certain amount of truth to that because it just makes logical sense. But the there's no question that a big part of winning this culture war has been going on now. I mean, this is not a new thing. I mean, if you're just tuning in now, this isn't something that started recently. This is going back into the 50s and 60s because the left tried the violent stuff. They tried. I mean, Bill Ayers, the Weather Underground, Bernadette Dorn were involved. 60s. That was six months ago. Involved in bombing (laughs) buildings. I mean, they actually bombed federal buildings, you know, like the Capitol. They bombed federal buildings. But now they're the buddies of Obama right. and his his ilk. So you have to question: do, do, the, do, the, do the people on that side really hate violence? This is where they came from, and what they're pissed about is that somebody's finally using their playbook, and it's not them. Well, but, the the people and, who were rioting in the fifties and sixties are now the ones who are should be scared of COVID because they're all eighty and ninety years old. the yes. The people, the people who are out repeating exactly the same playbook now are are definitely not the same people in fact they are they're the kind of people who aren't old enough to remember 9-11 Correct. and 
they have not been taught anything except for the the standard marxist line of you yes. know the the you know woke and and uh, minorities and critical race theory and so it, it i don't think you can say it's the same people but the the people who are you know the people who are really at fault the teachers unions the the mm-hmm. tenured professors um a lot of those are folks that that were probably little kids in the fifties and sixties and looked at this and went, well, mommy and daddy really fought very hard for this and they didn't make it. So I pledge that we're going to make it someday. And, and yeah. those are the people who are really a problem. But here's, here's right. a quote. We did a bunch of quotes from this guy on, on the last show, Larry. I don't, I don't know if you heard, but uh, and when it comes to what's going on with the children, uh, when uh, there's the quote, when an opponent declares, I will not come over to your side. I calmly say, your child belongs to us already. What are you? You will pass on. Your descendants, however, now stand in the new camp. In a short time, they will know nothing else but this new community. Does that that seem relevant to today? Perfect. Who said that? Adolf Hitler. There you go. (laughs) uh, Yeah, yeah, Darren did a long segment where he was praising Adolf Hitler. Well, last show it was it was pretty good. <laughs> well, the the governor of Illinois, Jay Pritzker, in response right. to we had a newly elected Republican representative, and I mean that's always bad to be a Republican representative in Illinois, just like California, who pointed out that Hitler did the same thing when it came to indoctrinating the youth through the schools. And our governor J.B. Pritzker said, "Let's be clear, Hitler wasn't right about anything." So I started looking into things Hitler said, and it turns out mm, he was right about some things. Well, he, he was a philosopher before he was a tyrant, just like Professor Ted Kaczynski was right about a lot of things before he then decided to do something really, really bad. But this is, I mean, a big part of this, and this has been something I remember talking with you about this, Larry. So it's been something we've hit a bunch of times on Grumpy Old Benz, mm-hmm. which is there's a lot of parents these days who have no idea what their kids are learning in school. And that's bad. It's totally bad. Um, yeah. I don't know what I'd say there's is. a lot I, of parents. There's a lot, a lot of parents, parents these days who, who are just hoping that their kids are learning in school and not too picky about what they're learning. I think is a problem. There's a lot of parents who have decided, and this, this is not new because this is true of our parents' generation too. There are a lot of people out there who think that public school is just a daycare and somehow after 12 years of this bullshit, they're going to come out the other end and be a well-adjusted <laughs> member of society. And, and, you know, you can just, you know, abdicate your responsibility to raise a child because, Hey, the state is doing it. And I think we're figuring out what's going, what happens when you do that. Yeah. Now you mentioned going on to F droid on the Android phone. How does somebody install the F droid play store? Um, I, to my shame, I installed it from the play store. See, okay. See, but, that is, uh, it is, now what happens, man, right. <laughs> what happens when the play store kicks that play store? Yeah. Well, then, then you end up going to F dash droid.org and installing their, side loading their APK, which is fully supported. And it's something that, that uh, almost all the stores have that ability. Now, what um, is, I mean, I've heard this. I've never had to do this. I'll, I'll be honest. What is side loading? Is that just basically uh, downloading it to your PC and hooking it up um, with the USB so, or so what? 
this this yeah this technique does not work on apple on apple there is if you don't uh root your phone there is no way to install anything that apple doesn't approve of period uh but on android if you uh go in and you you go into the i think it's a particular spot in the settings menu where you have to tap on the version number seven times or something and it pops up a dialogue and you say yes i'm a developer uh once you do that you have the ability to take a .apk file, which is the the extension for the app packages, and transfer it by USB, and then it will install into the phone as an app. And and that's how you get apps that aren't through the official store. It's actually how the official store gives you apps, too, is they'll download the APK and then install it. But um, Android has the ability to load an app that you've transferred onto your system manually. Which is a plus and a lot. Everybody should know that. I mean, I I didn't realize you could do that without rooting the phone or anything like that. So it, you don't yeah, have if, to go it, through all of that. If you do a search for side load app, then there are going to be hundreds of guides out there that will walk you through it now. Because I was looking when I originally got the phone, it was pretty new. The uh, Samsung S10 E. So there wasn't really any good ROMs that were up and running and tested. There are now. So that's going to be my uh, my next project over the next few days is to remove the stock Android that Samsung gives us on the phone, you know, that Xfinity has and go to one of the alternatives because it looks like you can get now uh, lineage uh, or AOSP resurrection remix, uh, CR droid, Havoc OS. So there are a few that have been uh, ported for the phone. Which one are you running? Me? Yes. Um, Android. You what? You know, you're not running stock Android, are you? Oh uh, no, I'm I'm the Samsung. But which? Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily recommend what I have, but I have uh I have the Galaxy S8, which for some reason uh lineage and graphene. Well, graphene only works on the Nexus. That's that's the version. Uh, the the special custom OS that uh, Adam has been talking about on no agenda over and over again. Um, lineage is the one that I was really looking for, uh, but it turned out that the lineage was available for the S six, S seven, S nine and S 10. Right. But for some reason they skipped over the eight. So lineage um, is where you, you, that's where you would recommend. I jump well, on with this one. I, I, it, it's a good start. If, if you've got a Nexus device, then I definitely recommend graphing. But I have not done that investigation in about a year and a half. I probably should go do it again, but I haven't bought a new phone. So it hasn't been that important. Um, but lineage is where I started and it's uh, a custom OS and I wasn't able to get that in. So the OS that I'm actually running is the Samsung OS. And then I went in with the dev tools and lobotomized uh, <laughs> by pretty much everything that came from Samsung or, or Google that didn't come, wasn't part of stock Android. So you and, did work. Um, yeah, well, I I also broke a few things, so I'm not sure that's the right way to do it. For for example, my camera crashes on load the camera app that comes with the phone, so I had to download a well, that's a, a third party camera app from Ftroid. That is a feature you can't take pictures. Well, it means that Bixby Vision no longer works. Oh yeah, nothing works, nothing works. But that's a lot of the features you don't use anyway, and that's the beauty of these alternative operating systems, which. They're all basically uh, starting with what was on your phone, more or less, and then ripping out some stuff and putting extra stuff in. But it is the one way to go 
if you want to get Google off of your phone. And a lot of people, I think, are looking to do that now. Although, you know, Google, they're not even the most evil company anymore. This changed really quickly to they, Amazon and Apple. competing. Yeah, they're, they're up there. I, mm. I would argue Facebook and Twitter are probably uh, in the top slots right now. But but Amazon is still relevant in the running. Yeah. But this is something interesting Apple's to trying, do. but. Apple is is trying, but they're they're hamstrung in their attempt to be the most evil company ever because they their customers are still the people who buy the phones and not the advertisers that that other companies sell people to. Right. When it comes to the operating system on your phone. Now, I know there's a lot of people that aren't really tech savvy. I mean, Larry, you're admittedly one of those and you would probably Mm -hmm. have normally never thought of doing this, but there are enough guides out there now as long as your phone is supported where they really do walk you through step by step so if you're willing to follow the steps and take that leap you can delete everything off your phone and start from scratch with an operating system that doesn't phone back to the mothership it's a it's a beautiful thing i like that and there's a lot of companies that are popping up that are selling these devices pre-done, which I think that's mm-hmm. going to be. There's a guy yeah. doing it now for the No Agenda community who's at uh, noagendaphones.com, I believe, that people you can send him the phone and he just takes a service fee to do whatever he's doing with the software and mm-hmm. sends it back to you for people that don't want to deal with that. But there is now a way to have the same phones and the same functionality and delete the stuff that comes from Google, it's much harder to do with the Apple stuff because the Apple stuff, if you're in their ecosystem, once you jailbreak one of their devices, it mm-hmm. does break a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, the phone yeah. becomes much less useful and, you know, people we've been saying since we started the show, well, we think Apple respects your privacy a little more. I don't, they may no. respect your privacy, but they seem like they're kind of going the shut up, no free speech route. So, uh, that's concerning as well. So, yeah, you got well, you know, go- the 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 uh, the news continues to tighten. I don't know if you guys saw this story about Cumulus Radio. Um, no. with their well, the, you know, Cumulus, of course, is this you know pretty massive uh, radio consortium that owns Westwood One, right? And their uh, their their head of thought control, somebody named Brian Phillips, uh, it issued an internal memo um, yesterday, I think, saying uh, they will they will not tolerate any suggestion that the election is not ended. Uh, the election has been resolved. There's no alternate paths. And the memo ends with if you transgress this policy, you can expect to separate from the company immediately. <laughs> OK, so, you know, who he's talking to. He's talking to Ben Shapiro. He's talking to Mark Levin. And he's talking to Dan Bongino. <laughs> So it's not just uh, it's not just the digital boys. Right. And the funny, the laughable thing is this guy, he probably isn't all that bright. Um, because Doesn't sound he, like he clearly, it. Because, you know, I mean, <laughs> serious, uh, um, Cumulus has been circling the drain for the longest time. It's in the toilet. It's barely profitable. Often it's not at all. So clearly what this guy is saying is, hey, 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 Jack Dorsey, like me, like me, please. Mark Zuckerberg, I'm here. I'm one of you like me. Because if yeah, if please if buy Shapiro, my company, if Shapiro and Levin and Bongino have any sack, they'll say, you know what, Brian, fuck off. 
we're out of here. And guess where Cumulus is now? They're out of business. Because that's the only pe- reason people tune into any of their stations are those guys. And we, I mean, we, we've been talking this whole show about what, what do we do in the face of, of a few corporate overlords who seem to be trying to direct our thought control. And the, the solution to this, and it's, it's looking like it's becoming the only solution, is radical decentralization. Mm-hmm. get out from underneath these corporate overlords go do and and this is this is harder than you think in some cases because the you know there are uh, potential attacks that we haven't seen that are going to be a hell of a lot harder to deal with than just go get your own hardware or uh a, you know for example um the mastercard is probably one of the worst companies in existence because True. True. they they and visa have a monopoly, a, a duopoly mm-hmm. on all financial transactions. They they basically own capitalism and yes. MasterCard becoming woke is a real problem because it is extremely difficult to come up with alternatives to MasterCard. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Alternatives to Twitter are easy, despite people saying, well, that's where the people are. Well, the people wouldn't be there if the people would look at alternatives and go somewhere else. OK, um, problem solved. Uh, same with Google. You know, we we've talked about alternatives to Google. We've talked about alternatives to Facebook. Those exist, yes. but uh, alternatives to Amazon a little harder. Alternatives to Alibaba is not they, bad. I've used them. They're not bad. Uh, uh, alternatives to uh, you know EC2 and AWS for hosting. Uh, well, hosting your own is a little bit more difficult. But where you get into the more difficult attacks, and I haven't really seen these in this current movement, but they're coming is uh the dns attacks where you know we've seen plenty of times over the last 15 years where for one reason or another somebody goes after your domain registrar right and they talk to godaddy and they're like take this guy's domain away you know and you're like okay well then i'll get a new domain but at some point they're like they say you can't deal with this company what do you do um you know um, there there's ways of getting around that but uh, a coordinated domain name attack where uh, the bulk of the domain registrars all get together and say, we're not going to allow domains to be registered by Republicans. I mean, that could happen. That could be coming. Uh, and then, you know, there'll be two or three domain registrars that don't have that policy and they'll be driven out of business and pretty, you know, I, in hypothetical, what happens if we can't get domains? If, if nobody who believes in free speech can ever get a domain, well, um, that becomes a lot more difficult to work with. Then we look at solutions like uh, alternatives to the ICANN system, where we end up splitting the root nodes of domains, and that ends up effectively splitting the namespace of the internet. That would be a problem for a lot of people. It would be difficult to work with, but it might be, you know, if if the entire name, if ICANN got, if if ICANN went woke, what would you do? Um, you know, another attack is, uh, if, you know, could. Could no agenda be taken down? Well, yeah, if they went after the the people that were hosting our physical machines, uh, could grumpy old Ben's come to be taken down? Uh, it, it wouldn't be that difficult if they took out our ISP. So, right, are which those we are coming. We are on a Maybe. small, you know, locally owned ISP. So I'm hoping that they wouldn't bend to this kind of stuff. But you never know. I mean, we have backups of everything just in case and everything that I've ever dealt with with our ISP the owner is actually quite involved with the company so I've gotten responses from him to support requests 
Yeah. So I would think that if something was going to go down, he'd be like, uh, copy all your stuff because they're going to they're going to do this. It's definitely a good company. And and more importantly, being a small business has it has the advantage that they're they're going to be responsive and they're also going to understand what the the actual working person is dealing with, with the the, the shutdowns and everything. And then, uh, the downside to it being a small company is that when one of the big companies comes knocking, they can be put out of business by just wielding mm-hmm. enough money at them. They could, yep. but that hasn't happened yet. And they seem to want to do this kind of seems like one of these guys who's passionate about what he does. So I, I don't think uh, unless he, uh, you know, gets the Rona and dies, I hopefully it'll be around. But uh, Digi Guru wants me to point out to you, Larry, that here in Chicago, the mighty WLS is a cumulus station and they air the great Rush Limbaugh every day which we know rush's days unfortunately are numbered and mm. i was just saying to, uh, to somebody yesterday like who is the new rush limbaugh because he was the guy that changed i am you are good I'm just kidding this is, this is the guy we need we're backing you we will we will back put you. On some weight on start smoking cigars no i'm not gonna do that <laughs> you just need to, to get on the air every day and yeah. rally the troops and I mean, really, it's the rallying the troops thing that yeah. makes this whole parlor thing so ridiculous. This concept that parlor somehow aided in what happened at the Capitol is absolutely ridiculous. This could have happened on any social media site. Nobody sure. can prove anything unless they're one looking at all of your private messages, which I mean, pretty sure they I are. Mean, yeah. Well- well, I think they are. I, I saw something uh, saying that um, uh, 80 terabytes of parlor posts, videos and other data have been leaked by security researchers. So yes. it's out there now. Yes. And if you think it's an accidental leak. No. Uh, oh, uh, accidental. Sure. <laughs> there is um, no accidents. Of course. Of course. So I don't you know when they when they give this these you know, these ridiculous, as you said, you know, reasons for, you know, we think that you're you're a danger to society parlor. So we're pulling a plug in you. It's 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 complete bullshit. It's just we don't we don't like you and we're shutting you up. Now so it is. I just wanted to point out with this story, which was on a site that I'm not very familiar with at all. I think we may have had a story or two off of this in the last year or so on Grumpy Old Ben's Ryan. But this is cyber news dot com and this is the story about the 70 terabyte leak and the first paragraph is parlor a social network used to plan the storming of the u.s capitol last week has been hit by a massive data scream (laughs) i mean really that's the first sentence holy crap i i I don't trust cyber news for political commentary i do kind of trust them for uh, technological news they are where uh i ended up getting a lot of my information about the uh the solar winds uh hack the the tools that had been installed to modify i mean they had a lot of information there their their technical analysis generally pretty good well, maybe, but there. This is a tech analysis here. When they're like, they were used to plan the storming of the U.S. Capitol. It's like, prove, prove this to okay, me. Okay, so you it's know? a tech analysis <laughs> with a bias. Well, but it's, it's not just with a bias. They're saying it happened. It's like, where is? I don't see any. I've never seen any proof that any one social network was used to plan anything. This was a mob that was no. I, I heard and about got it. Out of control. I heard about it on IRC. Are they going to shut down all IRC servers now? If they knew they were there, <laughs> using that the same way. 
I mean, the fact that Usenet still exists is a thing of beauty to me because it was once the bastion of free speech, and maybe it will be once again. But now, Usenet is a vast majority of uh, pirated content, and yet it's still there. And we know people want it shut down. You know, the same thing with like you were talking about with the DNS attacks. We know people have been trying to do this to sites like the Pirate Bay now for over a decade, yet they still exist. So there's some hope that websites that the man, whoever the man may be in your general area, sites that the man doesn't want, they still exist, at least for now. And I think there is a certain resiliency in the way the Internet was set up. It's just a question of if we're going to continually allow these larger companies to get away with the stuff that they've been doing us comic strip bloggers buddy that he used to do a podcast with the candy man he posted on no agenda social the four steps of deplatforming and i thought this was actually pretty accurate and i I just had a random conspiracy theory pop into my head while you were talking just one is well it it happens all the time but this one was notable um what if the push for everybody to move to ipv6 is because it is almost impossible to use IPv6 without DNS. You know, with an IPv4, you can memorize four numbers and generally get them right. True. And and that's an alternate to DNS. Maybe. Sorry. I'm just throwing out unfounded conspiracy theories just because why not? Well, we know that it's getting easier and easier to block things. You know, we know that there are multiple points that you can attack if you're trying to take a site down, because if you can't get the host to take a site down or you can't get rid of the DNS. We know that there are so many botnets. Somebody just pushes a button and all of a sudden they're sending so much traffic to the site that it'll become unresponsive. We know that's easy to do, but when it comes to getting deplatformed, the first step, this again from the candy man over on no agenda social. Number one is I like that name. It, yeah, it is a good name. You think of uh, Sammy Davis Jr. though with that exactly the candy, the most talented rat of the Rat Pack by far. He was, I mean, he was. His impressions are fantastic. Guy was awesome, awesome. The uh, the number one point here was social media deplatforms you. We're seeing that, we're seeing that everywhere. And as we've talked about, the answer has always been, as Ryan says, get off of Twitter, get off of Facebook, go somewhere else. That has gotten a little bit more complicated. Now that the larger companies like Apple and Amazon and Google are trying to deplatform those other platforms. So, I mean, there's you could say, well, okay, you don't have to be on Twitter. The answer would be, well, go to Mastodon. And that seems to be fairly safe because it is something that is federated that has more than one point of failure, meaning, well, if they can take no agenda social down, there's still a bunch of other instances that you can jump on, but it's still not a hundred percent sure that there's no way they can take all of those down. It would just take a little bit longer. But when you have just one point of entry, like, well, you are parlor head or gab, it's kind of easy. If they remove you from the play stores and then go after your hosting, that's kind of questionable, which takes us to number two, your hosting company deplatforms you. Now, one thing we haven't gotten to, because we've already talked about that, number three from the Candyman is your bank and insurance company deplatforms you. Are we, how far down the line is this? I mean, I, a year ago, oh, I would right have said, now. yeah, that's right now. Yeah, right now. That's happening. 
Yeah. I, I, hello. I did. I mean, that happened to Pornhub. Well, we know right. that, you know, for certain companies, yes, that they're making it on, you know, so you can't take. And I can see where they could do that. Now, is this going to get to the point to where they go? Oh, we heard Grumpy Old Bands or we heard that Larry show and this Larry guy, uh, you know, who's he? Who does he bank with? Oh, OK, well, we'll call up whoever and be like, yeah, you have to you have to drop this guy. I mean, are we far from that? Are we? Uh, is this uh, something we should be worried about at this point yeah. as podcasters? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, you should. <laughs> yes. And if uh, and I, I, my, my recommendation with, you know, with regards to banks, this is not proof against it per se. But one of my recommendations is going to be uh, the the one that I first pulled out when we did uh, the cashless episode during you know, our first 10 episodes where well, that uh, was like episode one or three. That was that I, was really just, far back. It was it was really far back. But I made this recommendation then and it has not changed. And that is if you are if you have your checking account with a major multinational bank of some kind then you need to find a local credit union and connect with them. Because again, uh, decentralized and local and smaller is almost always better in, in order to protect yourself from the, the current wave of problems, which is that a few CEOs of companies that are way, way too big, you know, too big to fail means too big to exist. Uh, mm. it, a few a small number of a handful of CEOs of big multinational companies are completely controlling your life. Well, if that's the problem, then your solution should be to disengage yourself from as many of these huge companies as possible. So if your checking account is with Chase or Wells Fargo or or you know, one of the big conglomerate banks, then go find a local credit union to do your local banking with, you know, your your bill pay, your direct deposit, the, the, the simple things. If, you know, I, I, I my uh, mortgage is with one of the big banks, but my checking account is with a local credit union. And you know what? It's going to be a lot harder for them to come down and shut off my checking account because they're not, you know, you're not going to be in the smoky room where all of the CEOs gather and they'll just be like, hey, you know, CEO of Chase Bank, I need you to shut off this person. Oh, okay. Right. We need to go woke. Actually, I think there are some. It's good- a lot easier than you think, Ryan. Um, yeah. You know, you guys had earlier mentioned Dick I, Masterson, right? Which who's you know, he's yeah. we all know know of him. And he's kind of a, you know, celeb in our circle. But the average man on the street has no idea who he is. Um, and with his with his trying to establish an alternate to to Patreon. Right. You know, he went that route and he did exactly what you're saying. He found a bank, a family owned local mom and pop bank in Chinatown and said, will you process my, my stuff, you know, from my subscribers? And they said, yes, we will. No problem. You know, and they did it until, until somehow, you know, the word came down, it wormed its way through Visa and MasterCard. Uh, uh-uh, this guy's verboten. He has a stain on him. And the Chinese bank said one day, just oh, sorry, you're gone. Do you, do you know if the small bank said you're gone or if they were threatened the small like bank, we're the small bank was threatened by visa and mastercard saying hey you either uh, drop this yeah. guy or we won't do business with you well the, so, the solution to that might just be crypto well that it also yeah. sounds like that could be a rico thing just like they're talking about with this parlor it, it absolutely is 
But you're not going to see any charges brought by a Biden administration. I'll tell no. you that much. Right. No, I mean, this is no different than, you know, 1955 and some lunch counter telling somebody, hey, you're the wrong color. Get out of my get out of my luncheonette. It's no different at all. And, and that's the way this should be pursued. It's a civil rights violation, but it's never going to happen. Right. Never. Which is why, I mean, those of us who are doing shows like this know that taking any kind of payment online is questionable, which is one of the big reasons why Adam Curry and the whole podcast index.org thing, the podcasting 2.0 is building in the ability to move crypto around from within the podcast apps. I mean, it's in its infancy, but it is pure genius where somebody can put in, say, you know, 50 bucks into their wallet of crypto. So you move that in. Obviously, you have to come in from fiat. So there's always a, a place they can get you. But once you can get your money into crypto, you can set up your podcasting app that says, well, every minute of whatever show I listen to, if they're signed up for this and they have a crypto address attached to their show, you know, every minute I listen to a show, send them, you know, a penny or whatever it is, the equivalent in the crypto. And it just works. And there's nothing yeah. that can stop that money going back and forth, except, you know, your crypto account being somehow uh, seized, which is much harder to do, obviously, than a checking account. But that may be the route we're really going to. I mean, besides the fact that fees kill us. But Darren, doesn't that crypto feed still have to pass through that ISP pipeline? It does have to go somewhere. I mean, but it's uh, there you go. There's your choke point, you know, and that will be the question. And if there's a way that people, you know, I think as long as you can access the RSS feed of a show, you should be okay. But there is a failure point. If somebody really wants to go after somebody, I think it's less likely. But, you know, as we've learned with Patreon and PayPal is uh, they're making good money off of us. You know, even shows that aren't really getting a whole lot of donations in. They're making a decent amount of money where the snail mail route still seems the way to go. That is one thing that, you know, we've been pushing here lately is we have a P.O. box. You can go to your bank or credit union, whoever you're doing your auto bill pay with, put in our information, set it up for a one time thing or set it up, you know, to send us 10 bucks every month. You don't even have to buy a stamp. They don't charge you extra for it. Nobody gets a percentage except us. We get the full amount you send. And it works really well. It's it's the way to go. If you're trying to send micropayments, then Patreon is or somewhere like that might be the way to go. But if, for for the big ones, uh, yeah, when PayPal says we're taking 5% off the top or whatever they take, they're like, well, 5% of, of a big donation can be a real amount. I mean, not that that should stop you if you want to send money to Grumpy Old Ben's, but right. <laughs> Right. It's just we're just letting you know that's how the system works. And I we understand the convenience. People pay convenience fees all the time, mm-hmm. especially since covid started. We've been getting our groceries from our local grocery store delivered a lot, not just because of the fear of getting any kind of disease. But the store, I mean, I haven't gone because hey, why would I do the grocery shopping? I do the cooking, but the wife does the grocery shopping and she's like, The store is now completely different the way they make people line up and to get things, you know, at the end of the whole process has turned into a real kludge. It's a real pain in the ass. And it's like, well, you know, you could just pay 
the 10 bucks and then tip the person. It's it's a convenience that we're willing to pay mm-hmm. above and beyond because it's like, I don't want to have to deal with what's going on in the stores right now. And people so, are willing to pay the convenience. We had another story this week uh, that has nothing to do with the social media censorship or anything else. In fact, it's not political at all, but it is hilarious. And it is a oh. callback yeah, we do have a that. story that we had some really good laughs but over back we, on Grumpy Old Ben's number 100. The, the four steps of deplatforming. We only got through three. We have one more. Oh, and now well, how, who's counting? Likely. Well, actually, <laughs> the, can, the candy man wasn't because his post and no agenda social said the seven steps of deplatforming. And then he listed four steps. And I'm like, are there three more? I mean, what's what's going to happen here? Uh, but number four, now, how likely is this for all of us podcasters that are out there? Your electric company and water company deplatform you. Is that uh, um, do you think that's going to be? I mean, you know, hello, Enron. I mean, sure. what what are the odds that they're like, OK, we really don't like that Larry show. We've already kicked him off of social media that we've got him off the hosting company, but he found another and people are still getting his dangerous, dangerous message. We've his bank has cut him off, but somehow he's still mm-hmm. doing this. Let's cut the electric well, the, to his house. Why not? I mean, it, if you're talking about ways you can be canceled there, there are at least three more steps that that are uh, heretofore unthinkable, but still might be on the table for for the the woke culture um i assure you that if there are seven steps and step seven is that they just come out and fucking kill you <laughs> well, that's, that is the final yeah that has to be the final step just by yes. uh yeah I and think. step six is uh the re-education caps as suggested by uh finger quotes economist robert reich you know that's that still dwarf that's still what you're hearing from some of these people i right. think there was something very similar from uh keith i'm totally unhinged olberman recently about what you have to oh, yeah. do with trump supporters and yeah. uh I, I i just don't know if these people get a grasp on the fact that you're talking about 74 million people that actually voted for donald trump unlike the people that voted win air quotes for joe biden and that doesn't mean there is just 74 million people with that viewpoint. That means 74 million people actually voted. There may be some under voting age and there may be a lot of people who didn't actually get out and vote. And a lot of them are armed and dangerous <laughs> and pissed off. Yeah. And I, you know, this, this concept that violence is not the American way. These politicians have spewed this a lot. And it's like, I don't want violence. Let's just be perfectly clear about that. Nobody wants that. We would like to get these problems taken care of without violent means. We would like our elections to be fair. But let's be clear. When you say violence isn't the American way, go back to 1776. That's not that long ago. How did we break from the UK or Britain, whatever it was called at the time? Violence. The, the tree of the tree of liberty needs watering yes mm-hmm. with blood people, plenty of know, blood people are uh people are um people are violent it's in their nature and if anybody thinks it's ever going to be eradicated they're deluded I mean, you push somebody far enough that's where violent. it goes of course people will get violent no question so i mean if they taught history maybe they would understand uh well they don't teach history well they teach their the, version of history and there they was social studies <laughs> there was right. a man on the street that i saw uh during the lockdown so a few months ago before everything got so so crazy but it was one of these uh 
you know, guys that goes out into a college campus. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been Crowder. It might have been one of these other guys mm-hmm. that ask who America fought in the, <sighs> the American Revolution. And some people did not know. Oh, I just, sure. just want to point sure. that out. So, uh, oh, um, college they, they fought the they fought the Native Americans. That's, I think, what they're being taught now. Yes, that's it, right. But no, see, now the Native Americans should be given back all of their land. So we should leave. I remember a great episode of that show that ran a while back with uh, uh, Penn Jillette. I think it was called Bullshit. Yes. And he was on a college campus, right, with a couple of uh, sidekicks with clipboards. And they went around on the quad. Everybody's out there playing hacky sack. And and they went up to it's, all these It's amazing said, how people react to you differently when you're carrying a clipboard. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they, and they walked up to him and said, so listen, uh, you know, we need, we need signatures here. We're trying to get, uh, Congress to pass, um, some legislation because, uh, you know, our water supply has hydrogen in it. And, uh, you know, do you want to, are you, are you against this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oops, scribbles, yeah. Get, get that out of the, I don't want that shit in my water. Okay. It's college campus. Uh, so yeah. I, why, why would they know who fought in a war that birthed this country? Why? There, there, there was there was another uh, instance of that I particularly liked was uh, back when Adam Carolla was actually entertaining and worth watching. Uh, oh, he's still okay. the man show. Don't be too mean to Adam. At, uh, and he was on the man show with Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, the first season, which was the only one I ever watched. Uh, I don't yes. know if they did a second season, um, but there was one where they went out and did the the man on the street with clipboards and they asked people mm-hmm. on the street, um, we need to end women's suffrage. And right. they got a lot of people to sign this sure. thing and a lot of sure. women to sign this thing yeah. because yeah. people don't know what the term suffrage is. They think it's suffering or something. It's our illiterate nation. And, and to the left's credit, man, those guys know how to work the vocabulary like nobody else. And that's probably 80% of their success, that and their ability to organize, but mostly controlling the dialogue and the vocabulary. Man, they are they are good at it. I mean, don't you remember last year at just about this time we were all arguing over how crazy it was to mispronounce somebody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, things have gotten a little more serious since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and hey, you've got the whole priest class of academia that creates entire lexicons of bullshit that they pull out of their ass. I mean, think of these things like like the word CIS, C-I-S. Who, I mean, where did that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. Somebody literally pulled that out of their ass. This is. Yeah, a, but that somebody probably had a Ph.D., so exactly. we're supposed to accept it. Well, the and, left and called them doctor. Remember, Ph.D.s are doctors. The difference is, right. I think, and this is a <laughs> gross generalization, is the right just wants to live the way they want to live. The left wants to tell you how to live. Correct. That's right. But we do and have the right a call. wants to the right wants to live in their own uh, self-created uh, clusters, mostly called a family. Well, everybody does. Isn't okay. it? I mean, that's the concept yeah, but, that that's the not left, true. The left want the left wants the hive of millions and millions and millions. That's the difference. They don't they don't like small groups. They like everybody, you know, everybody and everybody must join. See, I don't know if the average person understands that one quite yet, because it's like, no, you want your. Uh, you want your neighbor to tell you how to live? I think everybody answers that question the same way. Like, hell no. Well, what do you think this is? No, no every, right. everybody wants to be the one to tell their neighbor how to live. 
Right. Yeah, that's the better that's the better gig to have. Yeah. And and yeah. and that works if your name is Pelosi. Yes. Let them eat ice cream. Let them eat yeah. ice cream. Okay. Now, now can we get to the cellmate cream. story? Yes, I think this we is could. Oh yeah. Fucking awesome. Cuz we did have a yeah, this was a callback to a story and uh, okay. this was one of the on, few one of the few times over on IRC on the no agenda social or the no agenda uh stream, you know, the whole uh the troll room thing. Mm. I, I actually dared to tell Ryan, uh, you were right. You should pull out. The, what? <laughs> I know. Wait a minute. Stop the presses. <laughs> no. Yeah. This is a callback to a story where, where, where it was predicted here that this would happen. <laughs> and and you brought the proof today, Ryan. Yeah, we well, you, you brought the proof. I'm <laughs> blaming you for finding this this story on bleeping computer. Uh, but on Grumpy Old Ben's number 100. We talked about a device called the cellmate chastity device, uh, <laughs> which was a an uh, Internet of Things chastity cage, which yes. had a hardened steel lock that went around a, a set of male privates and would prevent you from getting an erection or otherwise using those for the task that God set forth all men to do. And come on, trolls, everybody be honest. If you bought one of these hands up in the troll room. Uh, we, we had discussed the <laughs> lack of security around this thing. Uh, and the, 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 the problems where uh, a remote attacker could take control of this thing. Um, at the time, um, um, there were about 40,000 that had been sold at the time. That number apparently has gone up to 55,000, according to the l- most recent article. Well, they're doing good. Um, some of the security concerns for this is uh, all requests. You, know, it, it, you control this thing. You lock it and unlock it. There's no lock and unlock on the device. You lock and unlock it via an app. Uh, so the idea is that for the submissive men among us, you you put yourself into the device and then give the app to your girlfriend or or dominatrix or whatever it or is boyfriend. you choose. Don't be gender. Don't uh, be sexist. Don't be all requests from the app do not it it uses bluetooth but all requests from the app have to go to an internet server in china before um there's no (laughs) manual lock or unlock option at all uh which means among other things we called out that if you try to or if if a server goes down or you lose your internet (laughs) you might be locked in uh but more importantly a company called pentest partners had discovered a vulnerability in this particular device in the protocol the bluetooth protocol used between the phone and the chastity cage which allows an attacker to get a name personal details gps coordinates of every user as well as a device code which can be used to register or unregister the phone to a device and even remotely lock and unlock it um the company had listed a couple of workarounds the most obvious one is a bolt cutter or angle grinder <laughs> Uh, this is hardened steel, and I'm, a lot of people balked at the idea of putting an angle grinder in that location. I can so see why. Other wow. workaround, which the company had put out a video, said partially disassemble the device and push a battery against two wires, which trigger the unlock motor. Mm. <laughs> is uh, Eric Swalwell endorsing this? <laughs> yeah, I think he <laughs> may be in their new ads. Maybe, some, maybe Fang Fang got one of those on him. Could be. And, uh, so we, we covered all of that as vulnerabilities back on episode uh, 100 of Grumpy Old Ben's. Uh, well, apparently uh, there is now ransomware in the public, in, in the wild. 
being used against users of this chastity device. This is great. Um, the users are uh, what's happening is exactly what we discussed would happen when when we learned about the the vulnerability where they could pair and unpair it with devices is that people are locking themselves in. And then their devices are being remotely unpaired. And the person who has control over your junk is asking for victims to pay 0.02 bitcoins in order to get unlocked. Uh, That's a lot right now, which is, yeah, at the time of the attacks, it said it was about $270. Um, you, uh, most of the information in this story came from users calling the tech support for the device. Um, the, let's see, uh, other things that was going on is it, the quote, the attacker also mocked victims when they asked what happened, saying that they had used magic to take control of the smart adult toy. It is magic. So this, I guess the other thing is the email address attached to the device was pretty easy to come by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, the absolute best line from the entire story, again, from from the tech support calls to the company, the line from the story, quote, some of them fell victim to the attacker multiple times. There you go. I see a movie in there. The cock zombies. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, there you go. What? What? what I, I guess I'm not into the submissive scene enough to understand what goes through your mind to be like, yeah, I, I had to pay uh, $270 to a, an attacker who magically controlled my penis in order to get out of this device. So let's go ahead and lock it back on. Right. If you go yeah. back for more, is it really an attacker anymore? Or it's just right. an added, added, point, Aaron. added good service. Point. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the real question. You know, Was ransomware the, is just kind of like a, a dominatrix attack anyway. Yeah. And I'm questioning now, was the attacker, the CEO of the company that made this device by any chance? Uh, do we know? Uh, you know, believe it or not, the the whoever wrote the ransomware was not named in the bleeping computer article I read. I can't. I can't believe that. that uh, but they did a good job, obviously. And uh, and again, if it's Bitcoin, it's all trackable. So there's uh, there's that. I mean, that's the biggest fallacy with Bitcoin is that it's private in any way. So sure, they could do this. Yeah. And let me stop you guys right here. I've been, you know. Since Bitcoin, I first heard you guys talking about this on one of your very earliest shows, the whole crypto thing. Okay. And here's, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, you know, hell, I interviewed John McAfee. He's a big fan. God help him. He's still rotting in that Spanish prison. Um, but he's a big fan of, you know, allegedly anonymous crypto like Monero. Right. I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Right. Uh, explain that to me, please, please. How in hell uh, anything uh, with a digital trail Anything with a digital trail can possibly be anonymous. Sadly, I think you're asking the wrong people. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, the, how it yeah, does you call it, yourself Ben's. I know it's horrible. <laughs> but from the, what, what I don't call myself is, is a, a crypto disciple. We, we do okay. know that the way Bitcoin works is every transaction is able to be looked up yes. with coins like Monero. That is not the case. You cannot tell yeah. where my, the money's gone. Yeah, my my understanding is that there is a, a transfer of authority uh, in some way that causes uh inst- you know Bitcoin every transaction is recorded to the permanent yes. public ledger. Which, by the way, Bitcoin is is going to suffer. Bitcoin itself is going to suffer a real problem in that the public ledger is currently 
uh, some large number of gigabytes because every single Bitcoin client, every device, everything that does anything with Bitcoin has to have a local copy of the complete ledger, which records every transaction ever made from the beginning of Bitcoin. And that's becoming a bit unwieldy. Uh, but wait a minute, Bitcoin, let me just stop you. You talk, you're telling me that it's like a peer to peer thing. And so everybody that's got a Bitcoin wallet is storing the global Bitcoin uh, transactions. Yes. yes. Holy shit. Well, how, how much would that? <laughs> that's lot. incredible. I mean, it's got to be millions of terabytes. I mean, what? what? Uh, really? No, it's, it's, it's hundreds of gigabytes, I believe. Yeah, only, which is still hundreds? only hundreds. It's just really? text. So, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's storing numbers. I mean, to be uh, fair, okay. Bitcoin yeah, now down video, to, but- to 33,115, which, uh, you know, I had like six, 700 bucks in this account. Now it's 541. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the donations yeah. are going down. Damn. See, uh, so the, that is a slight problem with the Bitcoin. Now storage is cheap and so is bandwidth. So it hasn't been a, a paralyzing problem, but it was something when, when I looked to get a wallet, I was looking at, okay, what's it going to take to download this? And, and all of the apps will seamlessly downloaded in the background. Um, but it's, it's a little crazy. It is, yeah. it looks like it's about 310 gigabytes as of January 2nd. Wow. Um, and just a yeah, quick rundown. Bitcoin down today, uh, 13.22%. Ethereum down 21%. Bitcoin Cash down 25%. Litecoin down 25%. There's a, there's something going What's on going in crypto on? today. What the hell's going well, on? Those are, those are, those are plunges. Holy shit. What's uh, going on? So I, I, I did a look up and uh, Twitter bounced back. It's currently only down 6%. But according is, to the troll room, unfortunate. there is an angry mob descending upon Twitter headquarters, according to DigiGuru. Really? Yes, I, really? Yeah, but it's in California. It's an angry mob of who? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they bust <laughs> yeah, them it, in or fly them it, in. It, it might be. Well, it might be an angry mob of Silicon Valley wokists who think that uh, they by only banning Trump, they didn't ban nearly enough Republicans or something. I Anything's possible. That, yeah. So my understanding, and and this is uh, a very low level or a, a very rudimentary understanding. Uh, it's uh, it's the kind of understanding you get from reading an article and going, "I'm not sure this person who wrote the article knows what the hell's going on." Uh, <laughs> is that the the altcoins? A lot of them will both save the the blockchain size, but also preserve anonymity by creating um a digest of transactions and storing that on the blockchain and also of um creating an, an abstraction layer in right. the tokens so well, much like it, you know, much like buying things on the dark web there are a lot of escrow services so there's a middleman that does the transaction so you you can't really put together who bought and who received and and I'm sure our experts are are going to correct me, but the the reason that Bitcoin is very 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 not anonymous is that your wallet ID, which is just a really long number, if right. if anybody can take and find a way to tie that number to a person, the number will never change for the entire existence of it. And in fact, you can't even get away from it by you know throwing away the wallet and getting a new one and transferring all the coins because there's a record a permanent record in every client of that transfer being made from the old one so they can find all the money it's Mm -hmm. all there in public so 
Um, I mean, I, ultimately, uh, the anonymity problem with a blockchain is that nothing is ever, ever, ever removed. The entire right. idea behind a blockchain is that you never modify or remove old data. The only thing you do is add new blocks to the front of the chain. And mm-hmm. that's it. So you can put whatever you want in those blocks. But once the next block appears, everything else in the chain is set in stone forever for the late, the that coin. Mm-hmm. So, and I just want to point out, they, you have been fact checked, Ryan. Cold acid says fact check. Yes. Fact check. True. Fact check. True. Oh, you boom. were right. Ding, ding. Shit. <laughs> I, I need more of that. My poor ego is. <laughs> but that is. uh you know, that is where the crypto and there are some dark web sites that do what do they call them, like mixers or something. So, I mean, one, you have to trust them. But say, you know, you have your ill gotten thousand dollars of Bitcoin. Well, you put that into their mixer and then they spit this back out for a fee. I mean, you might get seven hundred and fifty dollars back, but there's no trail between the two wallets then, you know, because mm-hmm. they they shift all this funds around in different ways. So. I mean, there are ways that people try to get beyond this, but there is a record of everything. I mean, the only thing that makes it a little bit more complicated is that it's free to create your own Bitcoin wallet and you can create a billion wallets if you want to. So it's uh, it's really a game of uh, cat and mouse or uh, something, you know, more along the lines of whack-a-mole. But people have tried a lot of things to get money out of that system. I'm I'm suddenly waiting for the the attack on Bitcoin where somebody just creates 10,000 wallets and then starts creating transfers of one Satoshi between them, right. uh, you know, 10,000 times per second. And that all ends up going into the blockchain and they end up flooding and completely overloading everyone's client by the increasing the size of the blockchain. Well, and that's what I, I, I said like too. You think I love the way you think. <laughs> I spent I spent 15 years working for an evil mega corporation as a software tester. It was literally my job. I got paid to figure out ways to take these beautiful, pristine, perfect things that the developers will would hand craft carefully and smash them to bits. And, you know, I relished in it because, of course, it involved coming back and the developer being, I know I got it right this time. I'd be like, nope, here's where you fucked up. Well, now see, now you've been fact checked false by cold ass who said a one Satoshi transaction would never be cleared in the chain. So uh, you have to. okay, whatever the case is, (laughs) it could be one Bitcoin transaction. It, It. could be a you know one full BTC. They just move it back and forth, back over, and forth forever. And well, no, the you size can't of the transaction is because the fees you have to pay for every transaction that Bitcoin would be gone in like three steps. No, you don't. Which is the other problem? Yeah, there's you, always you, a, there's you a pay fee. fees to get Bitcoins in and out of the system. Nobody's collecting fees to. Are, wait, are they? I think so. Like I mean, if you transfer Cole Bitcoin, can tell us. Obviously, there's people in the yeah, control room. I guess so that know more. But because I just have again, I've read into it and my rudimentary things that i understand about bitcoin i do believe eventually a crypto will win but i don't believe it will be bitcoin because of the things we've talked about privacy and just the unwieldiness of how large this uh, chain gets and uh, there will be eventually a digital currency i don't think this will be it because it will eventually if you believe in quantum computing and all that catching up to a point how long before the whole encryption system is broken? When that happens, it goes to zero. 
So you don't want to be holding when that happens. Yeah, that's cold acid says all transfers involve fees, which does it does it, it. Well, it breaks one of the promises of Bitcoin from early on, which was there would be no transaction fees anywhere. And you could, you know, and this all assumes you're not moving things in and out of Bitcoin. But if two people are making a transaction entirely in Bitcoin and one sends to the other, that there would be no fees whatsoever. Because, yes, of course, there are costs involved, server costs, computation costs involved in keeping the system up. And the remuneration for doing that is the creation of brand new bitcoins by a, a, by the miners uh, for and and in return they're the ones who keep the blockchain moving forward and if they're also if they're double dipping by also charging a fee then there's something corrupt about this system oh no kidding and there was somebody in the troll but it may have, it may have been Reese that said his dad invested $5000 in bitcoin in 2015 which Right now, it's probably looking really, really good. Real good. Yeah. I wish I would have done that because uh, that would have made podcast. You don't even have to do that anymore. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. Although I would be getting out. He did tell him he should get at least one of those coins out. And, uh, you know, that's when it was at 42. Now it's at like 32. Mm. That's a lot of money. That what would it have been in 2015, Darren? In 20, I mean, it was probably Roughly. what were. Maybe Reese knows. You know what the, the cost was at the point that he bought it? Because I think that he yeah. verified that it wasn't, but it was. Probably- I'm feeling like we're devolving into one of those podcasts where people just sit on microphone and respond to a chat room. Well, that's what we do. That's the troll. It is the live aspect of the show. And we do have some experts to thank. And that's the beauty of being in the troll room live at any given time, uh, like about 602, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not like 600 bucks. Nice. And, uh, that's, that's, number. A, that's a pretty nice return, but we do have two executive producers for today. And this is something I believe the first time this has happened now that we've uh, we've gotten over the century mark. I don't even remember it happening uh, before. Have we ever had a show donation? So this is, you know, show 126 in a donation of one hundred and twenty six dollars. Have we ever had that before? Um, I, I think somebody tossed us a fiver back on show five. five, right? That's about, <laughs> and it was a little different. That was a little easier back then, but we have, uh, Dame J of the angry clouds coming in with $126, a show donation. Hey, Dame J. there's some, there's yes. some, there's some great little horns there. And we appreciate did, that. Did, did this donation come with any more bathroom re- airport bathroom reviews? <laughs> no, not as of yet. Um, because, uh, Dame J- inquiring minds want to know <laughs> Dame J was over on, uh, over on Patreon and her, her Nick there for a while was, uh, airport pooper. And I know there's, uh, we, we knew there had to be a story behind that. And then, uh, I mean, she said that and, and there was, yes, it was, it was a story. And, and I think it, it ended with, you know, screw Atlanta airport and they know why. And we never did find out why, but I, I, I that's, there's details that are not important to know, but uh, she did send a letter with the 126 show donation saying, Mr. J channeled Sir Bemrose and gave me an epic rant about some podcasters. Most of it directed at the growing idiocy and bias Jen Briney is displaying. Some he of you, sounds like a keeper. So yes, some of you <laughs> on the No Agenda stream have heard Jen Briney's show and uh, are probably agreeing vehemently right now with what Mr. J said. 
she says, uh, I have since performed a value for value audit of my Patreon account, and I have decided that you two deserve more than what was being pledged. Fuck the tech author- or <laughs> I can speak. Fuck the tech authoritarians. Tech crash 2.0 can't get here fast enough. Yeah. I, we agree. And thank you. She's wonderful. Dame J. Dame J, I dig you. It's great stuff. It is. And that is a beautiful thing when people are they're, the no agenda community, no doubt, who we have uh, borrowed. I won't say stolen, borrowed a lot of listeners from. They understand this stuff better than most. They're, they're only stolen if we convince them to leave no agenda and stop listening, which I don't think any of us are pushing for. No, no agenda does what they do, and they do it very, very well. And we have kind of taken the best of no agenda and kind of melded that with the uh, JCD Cranky Geeks concept. We don't do media deconstruction. We talk about what's going on in the world, but we don't focus on how media is covering it. Damn it. We're media now. I, That's right. And, and I don't I don't think that I could stand to listen to as much Amy Goodman as John C. Dvorak does. <laughs> you, that, that, thank you. Yes. Oh, my God. God. Unbelievable. I, you know, I, I have a great respect for what John and Adam can put up with. Try it yes. because it was it was years and years and years ago that I just like all of the exposure that I ever get to msnbc or cnn or fox news or any of these things is as clips on the no agenda show because i cannot i i can't why i can't even watch a clip when somebody posts it it just these people are are so out of touch with humanity and uh, you know just they're they're driving such a one-sided narrative that you you can't you can't watch this without screaming at your TV. And it's yeah. vital what no agenda does to show people how the mainstream media has fallen. As I mentioned before, Bill O'Reilly is fully in on this, although he said he is going a different direction this year, basically saying, if you don't believe me by now that the media is corrupt, nothing's going to convince you. So it's good that no agenda is still ringing that bell. And it's a great place to send people if you have friends family members that are like well i watch msnbc or i watch cnn and they're all always telling the truth let them listen to a few episodes (laughs) of no agenda because you don't even have to listen to the episodes uh adam keeps amazing show notes that contain all of the media clips just separated out like like there will be a clip that you know is like uh rachel maddow lies about this and you go in and it is a 10 second clip that is obviously this is is wrong and duplicitous and trying to manipulate you and you don't have to watch a whole show i mean how does i mean i recommend listening to does adam ever sleep i mean how the hell does he do all that i'm serious a lot of great producers a lot of producers he admits that so so the producers are chiming in on the show notes as well he does a lot of a lot of hard work on his own but when you have Hundreds of thousands of engaged producers. Mm. It doesn't take a genius to figure out, even if a small percentage are providing you with good clips and good links Mm. to news stories that I would hate to see how many emails that generates in a day. And that's I mean, Adam, I think his half of Adam's job is is not going out and listening to media and taking clips. I think half of Adam's job is as a librarian of other people's clips. (laughs) 
Yeah. And he also knows where the market is going. I mean, I think nobody can deny that he saw where podcasting was going. His his problem is it's he's always seeing where it's going 10 minutes or 10 years too soon. Yes. And then people somehow make a lot more money on his ideas than he has. So, uh, I mean, of course, it's great. You support grumpy old Benz, but also check out no agenda and support what they are doing as well. A guy that does both coming in second with no note whatsoever. And we appreciate that too, is our buddy Jay Finley, who is the uh, Duke of Buckeye over at uh, no agenda and just Walkman over here because oh, now he's, he may be a guru. We need to do the accounting because we we've decided, I think on that the thousand dollar, once you reach a thousand dollars in donations to grumpy old Ben's, Instead of a night of the round table, like no agenda, uh, I think guru is a pretty good uh, yeah. a moniker. Do we want to use the label guru or do we want to let our, our the first one decide what that not name is? Oh, OK. See, now that would be an interesting, uh, an interesting way to go. I mean, like if, uh, whoever the first person is that gets there gets to decide what the tier is. Oh, and that would then mm. be the same for, of course, 2000 and 5000 and uh, 10,000. And I mean, whoever wants to be the first to a hundred thousand, if you could do that in one shot, you oh. can, you can, you can name them all. <laughs> you can I'm name- just throwing out ideas here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know me on the show's idea, man. Yes. You know, <laughs> and, so be- and the, the best thing about being an idea, man, is your ideas don't have to be good. They just have to be ideas. That is true. <laughs> you, you don't have to know how to make them happen. You just have to throw out the ideas. But I do think that Jay Finley is probably getting close to guru or whatever it is status. And we appreciate his support of the grumpiest podcast in the universe. And also coming in with donations today, Keith Von Dyke, who is. Keith, hello, Keith. He, is, he, is he a Larry guy, too? Because he's been he is. A, a random you, thoughts and and grumpy old Ben's monthly for as long as I can remember yeah. and yep. never sends in a note. And we nope. we appreciate the support, Keith. And so this has to be a good show for him because he likes random thoughts, grumpy old Ben's and that Larry show. So this is where where he needs to be right now and thank you he's very much and if Midas comes in a Midas of that fun fact friday show that he does with his yes. daughter leela comes in with the check because he goes to snail mail route and says no you're not taking a percentage to uh, anybody else a check just comes in and that is a thing of beauty as well and uh, you should check out fun fact friday it's a the most wholesome show on the no agenda stream i mean because you know Grumpy old Ben's. That's yeah, kind of an outlier there. Yeah. And then, you know, that Larry show every now and then there's some salty language, but not on Fun Fact Friday. No. Nope. It is perfect. G-rated. For, yes. For people of all ages. Yeah. I have I have actually tried to bribe Leela to do a promo for the stream that's something like you're listening to the no agenda stream. What the fuck are you thinking? But she won't do it. She won't do it. I'm like, I'm like, come on. That, I'm like, you've raised her. Well, Midas. She won't buy into it. She won't do it. She won't be corrupted at, at, by you. Uncorruptible. Yes. Total, total side note here, but at the risk of recommending something on Netflix to our grumpy old Ben's listeners, uh, I recently started watching the history of swear words which is a a six episode series on Netflix. Um, And uh, it's, it's really gratuitous and it, it includes a lot of comedians who are going out and making a documentary where they get to swear as much as they want, but it's a lot of fun. And the host is Nick cage who Mm -hmm. plays it totally straight. 
ad does a fantastic job. And if you are not completely offended by the very existence of swear words, or you think that it's all right to have them in your vocabulary once in a while, this is a really fun show to check out. I mean, how do you know when Nicholas Cage is doing something straight? Good question. (laughs) He's always the same. He's usually very good. Yes. You know, from the same uh, vein, there was a thing. It probably goes back now 10 or 15 years. Um, might even be the same producers. I don't know, because I, I saw a promo for uh, for swear words, but I haven't seen it yet. But there was a thing similar to that, I think, some time ago, and it was called the Aristocrats. Right, right. The, like, the joke that couldn't be told. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the filthiest joke ever told, told by a couple dozen of, um, you know, stand-up people at the time. And it was it was pretty damn funny. And the, the two that I remember the most is, I think, Billy Connolly. The Irish comic, he did a hell of a job, but by far and away, the one who was, I mean, he, he dove so deep into the sewer. It was just, you need, uh, you know, scuba gear was, uh, the <laughs> oh, guy, that uh, image. Uh, I did not uh, need that uh, image in my head. <laughs> was, was, uh, was unbelievably, you know, Mr. TV sitcom cleanliness, Bob Saget. I remember thinking, holy shit, has this guy been fooling America? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, it was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I used to love him before the uh, home video show uh, yeah. when, I mean, he but was you were not, a he was an unclean. Fan. Uh, what? You were a big Full House fan? Uh, no, I, his stand up. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I heard he was a quite dirty comic, but that's, I mean, hey, if you want to make a living, you got to, you got to tamp that down. Yeah. We're seeing that now. Yeah. The language is going to be dangerous. Just wait. Just wait. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that's that's going to be the next thing. But uh, thanks to Dame Jay, Jay what? Finley, Keith Von Dyke, meet yeah. us. If you want to take part in the value for value model that we've got going here, which is we do these shows, we put them out there. We don't ask for anything. We're not charging you to get them. You can listen for free. And if you got some value out of them and if you're still listening at this point in the show, I'm guessing you got at least something out of the show. Go over to grumpyoldbens.com. Where you'll find the donate button, you'll find the P.O. box address, and you'll find the QR code or link if you want to do the Bitcoin thing. Every donation is very much appreciated. Or they're still listening at this point just to further troll us. Well, they do love to (laughs) troll. And that's why you go to noagendastream.com when we do these shows live. And it's a a completely different thing, which it's much harder to do when you have a solo show like Larry has and like I have with Random Thoughts. But when you're doing a two person or more show, it's fun to see the comments scroll by yeah. and it, it it does help to be instantaneously schooled or fact checked by people who may know a little bit more about something we're talking about. And it keeps everything on the right track for the show. So we really highly recommend everybody check that out during the show while we're doing them. It adds it adds to the fun. We'd love to hear how dumb we are. <laughs> I speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, you love it. You love it when they say I'm dumb. I love to hear how dumb you are. Right. That's that's your favorite part of the show. Did you have any other stories that we need to hit? I mean, was there anything really else going on in the world except everything, uh, you know, melting down due to we're, we're all going to be off of social media soon? Um, I mean, that that's probably the most interesting one. There's uh, there's the the various theories which are looking more and more remote about how Trump will. Uh, in invoke the insurrection act and stay in office or no, wait, something okay. like that. There, but there are some people that still believe Trump isn't gone. <laughs> there oh, are, insane, there yeah. are people. And uh, I mean, I, for one, am you know, the, 
on the list of presidents, the number 46 is absolutely going to have an asterisk next to it because that he, he, I, Hey, I learned it from watching the Democrats for the last four years. Hashtag not my president. He did his authority is going to extend only so far as what I need to do to not get shot. But (laughs) no, it, it is the responsibility of everybody who does not believe he is legitimately elected to this position to ignore and or resist what he's doing. And I'm going to be behind that. I'm, well, yes, you know, I'm, I'm too lazy to actually go outside and do anything about it, but I'm going to keep saying it on my podcast. That is the so then, most the- massive insanity of the left. I think, Larry, is that Trump got elected and we immediately mm-hmm. got the resist movement, the not my president movement, not because right. anybody thought there was any election fraud, just because they didn't like the guy. Correct. And yeah. now they because think orange they can, man bad. Right. And now they think they can turn this around with, well, no, let's all come back together. You guys had an opportunity. Ryan, that, then, 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 then not my president and hashtag resist are going to be now co-opted by the right. Is that Interesting, huh? Yes, that's absolutely going to happen. I mean, okay. if you're still on social I'm, media. Well, right. there, there's always social media because humans like to be social. The question True. is where. Hmm. Uh. What else do I have? Um, National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien warns that uh, China has finally got rid of all freedom in Hong Kong. Um, wait, wait, wait we're trying to catch up here then, right? That's, that's well, the problem. And, and my thought, <laughs> yes. my thought when I wrote this story down is it's a memorandum from the White House. Uh, at, it's even got a WhiteHouse.gov address um, saying uh, warning that the uh, the CCP has eliminated what freedom Hong Kong has left and that America needs to act on that. And the entire time reading this one, I was thinking, yeah, they're doing that in America too. Yeah. Yes. Well, the CCP has eliminated freedom from America. Freedom spreads COVID. So that's a good thing. (laughs) Well, and it's nocturnal too. You've learned that. Yeah. I mean, I really, in in which case hail COVID. it also now has a mileage limit because Captain Hair Gel last week uh, said something like uh, you shouldn't take any drives in your car that exceed 120 miles. So at that 121st mile, that's when that shit lands on you with both feet. Right. And so, I've noticed, yeah. though, California, but there's a night. lot of people trying to recall the governor. What's going on? I thought they it's were all liberals. Real. You know what? It's getting real. And Captain Hair Gel is starting to sweat. He hired a, uh, a Clinton spin doctor, uh, of course, which we all get to pay for. Um, to try to, uh, you know, burnish his, uh, his flagging career. But you know, the, the thing is though, <laughs> say they do recall him. Who do they re- replace him with? Garcetti, some other tool, right? If there was some savior in the wings, you know, on his, on his Pegasus horse wielding the sword of, uh, of truth. Great. But it'll just be another asshole. If they, if they pull, uh, right. Newsom. Maybe. But I, I, at at least least it, it, how it seems is, like they're moving in the right direction. Yes. How is the chance of of this recall going through affected by the fact that uh, a, a significant non-trivial percentage of conservatives from California have already fled? Um. Yeah. It's 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 certainly going to be a a factor, and people are fleeing in droves, and uh, rightfully so. Still, I mean, they now have. I think they need. I think they need a million and a half signatures and they're at a million or maybe they need one million. They're, they're, they're over halfway there. They're, like, they're about two thirds wow. 
to the signatures they need and the and the deadline um is march so i think that's plenty of time to uh, to to get this done well there's, well, there's a good reason people are for allowed it. to meet well this is this is it california has had since the beginning of the covid thing some of the most harsh lockdown measures yes and the results show they don't work yes that's totally correct so doing more and more of this doesn't help i mean once people get i mean there's really a decent amount of people now who have had covid and as far as we can tell once you get it you're not going to get it again no matter what you've heard from some of the fear porn stories she says it yeah. is really he did contradict pope fauci no he didn't say even he didn't say that that is you know one of the few things that he i think he's been like yeah if this is like every other virus granted that they have that loophole which is if it is but even according to fauci the last i heard was that he does believe once you have it you have an immunity how long that lasts for nobody's sure yet but mm. it does seem to be longer than two three six months so we have a whole bunch of people who have had this disease who could be out and about working normally under no fear whatsoever of getting sick and they're still under lockdown makes zero sense well people are so insane i mean one of the things that that is really great about la and i'm going to miss about it when i leave it is probably more than any other major city that i know of in the country um, even though it's a metropolis you're never really far from some kick-ass nature Right. And so my wife and kids, we've been over hundreds of, of hiking trails that are, you know, within a 10 minute drive from the front door where you would think you were in, you know, in the eastern Sierras. It's gorgeous. And so New Year's Day, we always, it's our, you know, our family tradition is, you know, we get up in the morning, we take a hike and we went to this beautiful trail high in the, in the Santa Monica Mountains. And I couldn't believe it. people, not only are people coming, you know, passing us masked up. You know, on, on the side of a mountain what? where, oh, yeah, where the, where the, where the, there's probably a 15, 20 mile, mile an hour wind off the Pacific that never stops. Not only are they masked up, in several cases, people would, as we saw them coming towards us out, you know, maybe 100, 150, 200 yards, not only they already had their masks, masks on, but as they approached, approached us, they broke into a fast trot to get past. <laughs> To get past the the heretics, which were us who were hiking unmasked, they fear is it so? It, in, uh, clearly, in their mind, anyone not wearing a mask has this massive fog around them. Okay, right, of right, disease, right? And then you have to run through it, you know, like 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 a, a toxic dump, because well, you know otherwise you you could die. Because you know they they can't possibly risk getting a, a flu virus because if they do then that actually reflects on their moral superiority like they Correct. are they are actually a worse person if they mm-hmm. catch the virus because it means yeah. that they did something wrong because right. if you do all of these things that that are supposed to prevent the virus it means that you're a good person and you won't get it yes so people Correct. are actually investing their moral self-righteousness in whether or not they catch the flu mm-hmm yeah, which is and why thought, that the first time it happened, I thought, oh, maybe this is just a band of kooks. It happened <laughs> repeatedly, repeatedly. People running past as if, you know, we were wielding a machine gun or something. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. That is the most insidious thing about this whole virus is the lies that have been told and the mm-hmm. mis 
misinformation out there like a mask can stop a virus. It cannot. That six feet away will save you. It will not. And uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who should have a case to go after the government for that rather than just yes. saying there's nothing you can do to protect yourself. Right. I mean, here you can wear a mask, but you're giving yourself just a very small, you know, unless you're investing in actual N95 masks and know how to fit them properly. Right. You're doing nothing. And if you wear the mask too long and don't clean it, you actually have a higher chance of catching the virus or something else. And mm. people that are exercising, you know, where you're already gasping for breath and then putting a mask on, you're a moron. Yes. I Exercise went in, I, went in, I went into my dentist office for a, a follow up. Oh, do you need um, to hear Larry's couple, story about dying almost from your medical? Uh, no, your, I don't need to hear it again. Procedures uh, again. But, but uh, no, because I've got I've got several more. In fact, I've got uh, you know another surgery coming up in a few weeks, Woo-hoo. which is what this was for. Was to check because they the one that they already did was they pulled the tooth out, and then now that it's starting to heal, they're going to do another surgery where they take a giant metal screw and screw it into my jaw. <laughs> And then, and then once that oh. heals up, finally another four months of that, then I can finally be fitted with a fake tooth. But uh, no, was I went in there for my and, scuba comment. <laughs> right, I think it, maybe, uh, <laughs> <it> maybe <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Um, I went in, and uh, it's it's a really small uh, practice. It's a husband and wife team, and I've I've been going there for twelve, fifteen years. I love them. They, but. Um, the the receptionist wasn't even there that day because I guess, you know, they, they've they been on hard times like everyone. And so the only people in the office was their uh, their hygienist was manning the front counter while the dentist was in, doing uh, cleaning or something. And so these are both people that are going to be working in my mouth. And I walk into the waiting room and she says to me, do you have a mask you can put on? no You're like why do you think i'm ugly well we we need you to wear a mask in the waiting room mm. no you don't because you're going to usher me into a little tiny room where you're <laughs> going to be sticking your hands in my mouth in a few minutes yeah, yeah but they're gonna they're gonna douse you with bleach first right something like that yeah <laughs> it makes zero sense it makes zero sense like harry hamster just said the masks don't work but the flu virus is down 90 percent. it's like no the flu virus is down 90 percent. Because nobody's testing for flu. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody's magically got COVID. And Harry Hamster has been saying a lot of things. He's actually, it, I, I thought it would be slightly uncool if I banned him during the show because people would accuse me of, of being a jerk. So I kind of ignored him. Harry just needs a belly rub like a hamster. Give him a little treat yes. and a belly rub and he'll feel good. But and, uh, and maybe some of those big needles like, like the entomologists do. I don't I don't have those needles, but I mean, if you do, your mileage may vary. We I, should probably finish the show. <laughs> I will say it's been really nice getting some center Sundays back with. Oh, uh, thank you. I mean, the chapel had to be open. I mean, I hope you didn't have to do much work getting it back up and uh, up and going. It was a little little dusty, but the crew came up there, you know, uh, and uh, the, the lariats and. Uh, yeah, we, we got we got what we needed to do. And, you know, it's open again in sporadically. But uh, thank you. Glad people came back in droves, and I was happy about that. It's so. needed in this time. It, it, everybody is is in need of of a little bit of Sunday service. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just we we've seen a lot of people that you normally 
wouldn't see this from, especially in, you know, the troll room, the no agenda community. It's a very resilient bunch. And there's been enough people over the last few months where it's like, you know, getting, you know, whether it was because of the virus and the lockdowns or whether it was because of, you know, the voting shenanigans that people are just getting deflated and having a mm-hmm. defeatist attitude. And yes. it's uh, it's something that that is worthy of standing up and fighting against and being like, you know what? Everybody said the world was ending when Obama was elected. We had eight years and you know what? We survived it. You came out the and, other and, side and it still is ending. Oh, well, it's ending eventually. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, eventually. I don't, I don't oh, know. Obama 2.0 is about to step into the White House in a few days. And Except he doesn't know he's gonna, where he's going to be when he does. Or you know, he won't Kamala, even know maybe. where he is. Yeah. No, I have no idea. Well, we know Barack is pulling the strings. I saw the other day, Barack say, uh, then this was, you know, not I don't think this was a completely recent interview, but it was from the last year or so where, you know, I really liked being president, but I didn't like being the guy at the front. I'd be more than willing to be the guy behind the scenes. And I'm like, oh, so that's what's going to be going on now. There's no question about it. That- yeah, it, it was it was him going. at you. I mean, people are sufficiently brainwashed out now that these people don't even have to spin things. They can go out on TV and say the blatant literal truth, like uh, Biden going out and saying, we have the America's greatest voter fraud organization or whatever right, it was he right. said. <laughs> yes. that was, and, yeah. yeah. And, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, it, they'll, they'll interpret whatever they want, but you don't even have to lie anymore. They, they, no. they can just tell the truth and all of their supporters are like, oh, he's so proud and so brave. I don't know where, where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, you never do. That's the beauty of grumpy old Ben. Yes. That's why every now and then we bring on a third voice, the voice of reason in this uh, case with Larry of that Larry show where, I mean, is there anything coming up people need to, to know yeah, about? You know, or- I, I did something uh, with my, um, you know, I haven't really done anything like this before. I try to kind of stay um, apolitical right. in my show with the exception of I'll always, I'll never miss an opportunity to take a swat, to take a swat at commies, you know, but um, uh, in, in this, this, after this, uh, you know, this thing on January 6th, uh, I kind of took a, um, a, a turn um, for that episode. And it's just my take on the so-called storm. Um, and it's gotten a hell of a response. People people really seem to dig it. And people, some people absolutely hate it. Um, but for what that's worth, it's getting a lot of traction. And I may do more of it. But if, if you want to swing over to that LarryShow.com and give a listen to uh, it's called Larry on the Storm, you know, I'd, I'd appreciate it. You might like what you hear. Yeah, it's about preparation. And there's there are a lot of people who normally are apolitical. There's another guy that I listen to that he does the all the mic reviews, the one uh, that says the doobly doo and the dibbly dee uh, bandrew. <laughs> uh, I know you've seen some of his stuff, Larry and Ryan, you both mm-hmm. checked out stuff and his latest podcast talks about this. And he's like, you know, if you're somebody he's like, you know, I'm not going to have a problem because I'm doing microphone reviews. Nobody gives a crap. He's like, but if you are doing a political show of any sort and you're not hosting your own thing and you don't have your own email server and you don't mm-hmm. have all this, he's like, you're nuts. And right. it's like, well, it's good to see some people standing up and just giving some of that basic information. Like, you know, you, you might want to, might want to check this out and, uh, and not rely on any of these big social media companies. So, uh, 
it's you know i've mm. been i've been thinking about putting together a political show myself uh, uh darren do you think you'd be interested in joining in on that sort of thing yeah i think we could call it grumpy we, old we could invite larry sometimes right <laughs> you know <laughs> and we do have our own hosting and we do uh you know we do have our own social media and we do have a mailing list that we keep backups of so when uh whoever comes around and says no we can uh, build back better really, really quickly. <laughs> you know, Do just the work, right? Do the work, right? Just like <laughs> Uncle Joe tells us to. But you know, with that, thanks again, Larry. Everybody should Thank check you. out that LarryShow dot com. You know, the best storyteller, and you should be just doing audio books or narrations for a living. I mean, you shouldn't have well, to. Well, anybody just hey, drop me an email. I'll, I'll do your book. Love to. Sure. You know Thank where you. to find Larry. Now, with that said, I mean, keep safe. So what? No, wait, that's uh, it's stay safe. That's what John C. DeVorek hates when people say, I uh, hate that too. <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Don't stay, stay safe. Free. Yeah. Stay free and fuck stay safe. Free. Stay, fuck safe. Stay free and stand up. Go. Stand up for freedom. With that said, yeah. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where Beetlejuice may be the mayor, but we still have pretty damn good hot dogs. <laughs> And from America's left coast, where the 10.5 earthquake is on its way to fix everything, I'm Ryan Bumrose. Yeah.